Welcome to episode three of the PlayStation Nation SideQuest podcast. I'm one of your party members, Andy, and I'm joined by... Jason. And uh, i got a big show this week, or this month, I guess. Um, talk about uh, E3, some of the news that came out before E3 and during E3 and after. And then, of course, uh, what we were playing, what we were watching. We've got uh, a couple of reviews lined up. And then the anime of the month. Cool. So uh, why don't we... When we get into it, we want to talk about first for uh, news stuff. Um, let's see. So E3 is pretty big. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the FanimeCon first, and then then we can do Persona Five and then E3. Yeah, I I put that down because uh, it was like fresh in my mind when I was first making this document a little while back. But uh, I did go to a Fanime Convention in San Jose, California. Um, I guess that would have been like the last week in May. So, I don't know. Do you go to many anime conventions or? No, I've never been to an anime con- convention. I almost went to um, uh, SakuraCon here in Seattle, but somehow I always end up finding about it after the tickets are closed. Or And I think last time I could have done it, but it was like, I, th- I want to say it was like $60 or whatever a person. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to. Yeah, get- I think <laughs> anime was. 55 for for the weekend so that was like uh friday saturday sunday monday because it's over memorial day weekend yeah i I do want to go sometime but it's just that's a kind of a i think it was even more to be honest because it it was like you know for my wife and i to go it would have been like 120 bucks or even more or something and i thought oh you know i've never been to it and i I don't want to spend that money and then you know get there and have a terrible time and plus i'm just going by myself it's not like i'm i know anyone or anybody so i don't know i think it's 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 definitely something i would recommend anyone who likes anime uh try at least once um kind of funny because uh phoenix comic-con was like the week after that and i didn't actually i didn't end up going to that but uh one of my coworkers did and he was joking he's like oh i've never been to one of those but it was it was odd because i like paid money to get in and then the biggest thing I did was go into the dealer's hall and look at other stuff to spend more money on. Because, like, I paid money to pay more money. But I don't know. I, FanimeCon for me is a little bit different just because it's, it's back home. So um, it's basically a chance for me to hang out with everyone I knew in college and high school and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was, that was a lot of what I did. But I did, you know, a couple panels here and there and hanging out in the, the game room where they had a bunch of... They had a lot set up this year. They had a whole bunch of classic consoles set up, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of surprising. Normally, they have like some old stuff, but this year it was it was a, a pretty good selection of older consoles set up, and then of course some of the newer ones too. And there was like I don't know seven we use all playing Smash Brothers the whole time. Oh, so, wow. you know, at any point you could like sit down there and play Smash Brothers or Street Fighter or anything like that. And do they have like Mario? I think I'd rather play Mario Kart than than Smash Brothers, but um, I'm pretty sure they had Mario Kart. I don't know if they had the new one. Yeah. Um, but sometimes like they have the console set up, and then you go up to the front and say, "Hey, do you have this game?" And they'll they'll you know hand you the disc, and then you go back to one of the consoles and play it. That's kind of thing. Cool. You're not you're not always locked into what what's sitting there. Yeah. It's pretty neat though. Um, and then they also have like that Emerald City uh, Comic Con, and I've I've never gone to that either. Uh, because mainly because like those Comic Cons are mostly. I mean, I, I guess they do have manga there, but I mean, I didn't. I don't even really read manga either, and I never really. I had, 
I wasn't even really into comic books either. I, I had a bunch of friends that were into Marvel, and mm-hmm. I was kind of in... I wasn't into it, into it, but, you know, I was interested in it, and I had a bunch of uh, Marvel cards, and I have no clue where they are. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I really liked uh, X-Men quite a bit, and I liked um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles quite a bit. Uh, and I had, like, maybe one or two comics of TMNT, but... I feel like, in a way, though, calling them Comic-Cons is a little bit misleading. Well, yeah, I know they they become, like, movie cons and game they're like an all things geek yeah it's, it's basically all nerd stuff like yeah. i didn't go to phoenix comic con but i was looking at you know their their panel list and all the stuff and it was it was you know basically anything nerd nerd wise you know if you like um comic books obviously but then there was some anime panels manga stuff video games movies you know celebrity signings stuff like that so yeah yeah I listen to some podcasts of people that, that do that actually do comics. They actually, um, well, they do like web comics and stuff. And they were kind of lamenting how some of those comic cons are so far away from comics now that it's not not the same for them. I mean, they're they're still into the geek stuff. Like they like video games and they like uh, movies, but you know, they said that like every year the the uh, comic part just kind of gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> I guess I could see that. Yeah. But, I don't know, maybe... I think, uh... SakuraCon is already... Oh, it's already passed this year, and I think they're already talking about next year, and I know, like, that one's really popular for cosplay, I think. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never been to it, but it, they had a, a fairly infamous uh, campaign, or marketing video a few years back that had a lot of people laughing at it, at them or at it. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. I yeah. guess maybe I missed that. I know I know every year they put um, like the local news, they'll have like a whole spread on all the cosplay and it's, it's really good, you know. I guess the people that go there, they're I don't know if they're like the some of the best ones or not, but the ones I saw looked, you know, pretty professional. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's that's. Um, I like to tell a story, but uh, a few years ago, one of the years I went to Fanime, um, my grandparents live pretty close to there, about a about an hour away. Mm-hmm. And since you know I came in from Arizona, they were like, "Oh, we want to see you," so they drove down to have lunch with me. And my my grandfather is on the beginning stages of dementia, mm-hmm. and he was very perplexed by all of the cosplayers. Like <laughs> we're sitting there and. We decided to have lunch like in the hotel because they had like a, a little food um, restaurant in there. It was actually like a kind of high class restaurant. There weren't very many uh, con goers in there because it was way too expensive for them. Yeah. But uh, we could see out into you know the convention area and then onto the street. And so we're watching all these people go by in their elaborate costumes. My grandfather's just like, "Why are why are these people dressed up? <laughs> why is everyone? Why are they wearing costumes? Why does that guy look like that?" And we're like, "Grandpa, it's a." It's a convention. They're dressed up like their favorite characters. Yeah, but 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 why are they doing that? We're like, because they like it. Because it's fun. And yeah, but but why? I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's some some pretty good costumes that that I've seen at uh, at Fanime Con. And they even had they have even had some pretty good ones at um, PAX too. The last year I went with Glenn. They, oh yeah, they had some like um, some of the Mass Effect. Um, 
I always can't remember her name, the, the blue chick. Um, mm. But they had her. Oh, yeah, you didn't play the game. Yeah. So you wouldn't know. <laughs> but, yeah, th- it, she looked almost identical to that to that character. So definitely pretty cool. Yep. Man. My, my dad was with us, too, and he, he was just happy because most of the, con- anim- the characters were from anime. Mm-hmm. But uh, he recognized one character, which was someone who was dressed up as the the boy from the movie Up. Oh yeah, that yeah. Was shortly after the movie came out, and my dad's like, "That's that's the guy from Up. Yes, I recognized a costume." All right, he was <laughs> he was very happy to uh, to find one he recognized. So, did it, was there any big things that like anything exciting at this one? Or, eh, I mean, for me it was, but like I said, it was mostly me and my me and my friends. Um, I did go to a panel, which is actually something I don't do very often, which was about uh, Satoshi Khan. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. Um, it was kind of a lot of stuff I already knew, but it was cool to see. Um, the guy kind of compiled a bunch of clips from his films and was talking about some of the themes that Satoshi Khan often used in his movies. and um, It was pretty cool. Cool. And I don't know if you're into uh, anime music videos, but uh, um, well, that's one thing I always do when I go to the convention is is go to the uh, AMV con- the AMV contest, hmm. and the one at uh, Fanime this year was really good. There were some some really good videos. I think one of my favorites is uh, someone took the Deadpool trailer mm-hmm. and the audio from that, but all the footage was from One Punch Man. Oh, cool! And it was surprisingly how well that matched up, um, both just in like how well it matched up in general, but then how well the person who put together this video. Had had done to to make it match up, so that was yeah. pretty hilarious. Cool. So, like, how many of those did you go to? Those uh, like music video things. Um. Well, I go every year. I go to Fanime. This year it was it was really long. It was like two and a half hours because they had usually they'll they'll have a few different categories. So, like the the ones that are supposed to be comedy, the ones that are supposed to be action, stuff like that. And they had like seven or eight videos in each category and. You know, each each one's a full song. You know, four minutes or so, five minutes, but eight or seven or eight of them, and then a little time in between them, and a couple different categories. It ends up being a few hours. So that's like a whole concert. <laughs> yeah, basically. But yeah, it's really cool. I I really like uh, the music videos. In fact, I used to tr- um, try making them. I was pretty bad at it, but um, there's definitely some really some really well made music videos out there. Yeah, now that you say that, I I I now remember someone talking about doing people doing the like Dragon Ball Z music videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because I I just never knew about all that stuff until I heard them talking about that. I don't think I even saw one. And then I I think um I started following some TBZ stuff, and then um I saw I, I guess someone followed me that makes those, and I watched a couple of them, and they're pretty cool. Yeah, the ones on YouTube at least. YouTube's really good for getting those getting those out. Because I think when I was first getting into them, it was kind of pre-YouTube, and it wasn't like, oh, you just sit down and watch it. It was like, okay, you got to find one that looks interesting, and then you got to wait for it to download, and then hope it doesn't suck. And if it sucks, then all right, well, I just wasted an hour downloading that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I I mean, this is pretty sad, but I used to I used to be in that BBS stuff like back in the '90s, like the early '90s or late '80s, and uh. Just trying to download crap on those slow modems would take like an hour for a mag. Yeah. And I just remember all that 
it's just like you set something up to download and you just go to bed and then like <laughs> by like noon the next day it's done. Yes, this wasn't quite that that far ago, <laughs> but still, you're talking about uh, a decently sized video, and if they wanted it to be okay quality, then it was, you know, decently sized as well. So yeah. Anywho, yeah. So that was FanimeCon. It was just something I put in the doc because I thought it was it was interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear about. I I guess I should try to go to one of those things since we have like t- two of them technically. We got SecureCon and then the Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, so I'd be surprised if there's more. At least like you know, there's one of the big ones, but you can sometimes find really small ones that are kind of grassroots. And I haven't been to a whole lot of those, but I understand they're a, a bit of a different breed from the the big name conventions. Well, yeah, and then I went to one that was like a Japanese culture festival or something, and it was in, it's in the same place. They're all at that Seattle Center, so uh, that one I don't even think you had to pay an admission to go there. So we went there, and we had takoyaki and stuff, and looked throughout. They had like a little, um, like the the main one of the main buildings there. They had some tables set up with some things on it, and I think they had. You know, maybe one table of manga and stuff, and then they had like some panels, I think, and we just kind of walked around there and had some food, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know there's other because they they even have like a retro game thing here. Um, they have like the pinball things, and we like I never am able to go. I mean, somehow uh, it's advertised and then like the the first time they had it um we went all the way down there and we it didn't say any it didn't say on the literature um on the advertisements on facebook or whatever wherever they put it it didn't say where exactly it was like what building in there it was and we we walked in there we saw the posters but it never said what building it was in so we walked all the way around there and then finally finally found it and um i was like it was like over by the time we freaking found it <laughs> uh so yeah those and then the, like the think the next time we were gonna go oh they had they did yeah they had something um and it was like i can't remember how much it was to get in it was like 30 or 40 dollars to go in to play the games and i'm like well you know, I was I was just at MGC and I had played played them all weekend long, so I really don't need to spend that money to go to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, maybe I'll check. Maybe I'll check it out this next time. I I just if I had people to go with, like if I had a reason to go or people that I was wanting to see, I would definitely spend the money. But I don't know anyone that's going to go to that thing, so it's kind of. Sometimes you get a chance to meet people. I mean. Kind of depends if you're just you know panel to panel or whatever. Then sometimes not, but um, definitely like when I was hanging out in the game room, sitting there. Sometimes if it's you know late at night and there's not as many people in there, it's not as big of a crowd. Then sometimes you start chatting with someone who's playing the same game or whatever, and it can yeah. be kind of fun in that respect. Yeah, but like when I would go, it would be like my wife and I would be going, so it'd be kind of weird. I probably wouldn't spend a lot of that time that I would like at MGC when I'm just by myself or, or with my buddy or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Maybe Glenn will fly out to SakuraCon next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So anyway, um, is that it for that one? Or sure, yeah. Should we uh, talk about the juggernaut of E3? Was there anything in particular with the Final Fantasy VII Remaster? Is that short or long? Uh, I just put it. On, I I think I put it on there, but that was announced like just before E3, and I ended up seeing it while I was there. So oh, I said seven. It's twelve. Stupid 12. Roman numeral. Yeah, <laughs> twelve remaster. Because they announced that that week before E three is turning into like the hey we want to jump the gun so let's announce our stuff now because I felt like a lot of the companies that weren't you know Sony or Microsoft kind of announced all their stuff that week before and then Microsoft had all their stuff leak anyway so yeah um, yeah that that one had been rumored for quite a long time or I think everyone pretty much expected that one though yeah ever since ten got remastered it was a lot of People saying, hey, they should go back and do 12. It got remastered twice. <laughs> what did? The 10 and 10-2. Yeah, well, kind of. It was like, let's mat- remaster it for PS3, and then, oh, hey, let's just port it to PS4. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought both collector's editions, and I've never played the game yet. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one I played in, in high school, I borrowed it from a friend, and I got all the way to basically the final boss i don't think it was actually the final boss but i was near the end of the game on a boss and i got kind of stuck and then my friend's like oh i want the game back so i never got to finish it oh that sucks i do you have it on i guess i don't know if you had your system you might be able to have your save file yeah i should check my memory card and see if i actually have the save file somewhere i probably do but i also lost a lot of stuff because i was high school and moving between multiple different apartments over the past decade so yeah, that drives it's me nuts. Got lost. <laughs> yeah, it drives me nuts. I it sucks so much stuff I had at one time and I wish I could like I don't know what the hell happened ever happened to it. Like those X Men cards and some other stuff I had. So But yeah, have you played uh twelve? No. I, I missed everything on the PS two, basically. So uh so the only I think we talked about this like the first episode or whatever I played. Probably. Yeah, I played thirteen. I played everything that was on the SNES, and the, or the I have the original one in the box still. I have the original game, the original US one. I guess that's like number three or two, or something. Yeah. And I got the I got the Nintendo cart. I got the box, the map, and all the stuff that comes with it. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I thought about popping it into my Retron 5 to see if my save file was still there. but There's a chance that the battery died and you probably don't have it, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I might have thrown it in there and just to see if it would boot up, and I think it did, but I don't know. There was... the, doesn't the Retron let you like pull that save file in and keep it on the Retron? Yeah, you can keep it on the Retron or you can put it on SD card. Nice. So, yeah, I just recently got an SD card to put in it. And it's, like, more room than I'll ever, ever need. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll probably get 12. I, I really wish I had time to play 10 and 10-2 10 because it sounded like a fun game. And I know I know 12 is, they have, like, lots of haters, but then they got people that liked it, so. Yeah, it's, it's opinion on that one's very divided from what I've seen. But I guess it's mostly because the combat's just kind of really out there. Like, um... If you do it correctly, you can basically make the game play itself. Mm. And some people absolutely love that you can do that, and some people think it's really dumb. <laughs> um, but And the story is kind of... It, as I recall, 
um, the director whose name escapes me and probably someone will, you know, shout it out or something. Um, he was kind of dragging his feet on finishing the game, um, but was otherwise doing a good job. And right near the end of the development, they took him off of it. Hmm. And people claim, I actually only got about halfway through this one. Um, but some, some people claim that you can actually see like when he left, because all of a sudden the story takes a nosedive and goes to shit. And, <laughs> um, but even before then, the story's a little kind of silly. There's the uh, the the Bosch scene that everyone loves to make fun of, where you're tasked with running around the streets yelling stuff because video games. Oh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I guess people really don't like the main character Vaughn because he's kind of is he a Shinji? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, jeez. Well, I thought the uh, one from Ten was kind of a. Whiny little bitch too, right? Titus. Yeah. Uh, he is a little bit, a little bit less so than than Vaughn. Okay. But twelve does have a good. I like the supporting cast. It's like Balthier is pretty cool, and Fran, and some of them are are pretty awesome characters. So, yeah, I'm excited for the remaster. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll buy it. I'll probably buy the collector's edition if it has good stuff. I I think uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to get the one on the PS3, the uh, 10 and 10 2 on the PS3 is because it had just a ginormous um, soundtrack. Like I think it was like four CDs worth. Mm. I mean, it had some kind of really bizarre way to get the songs, but um, they had some way where you had to put it in your PS3 and then you had to go to. Uh, the IP address of the PS3 and do some rigmarole to get the songs. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but I, I did it and it wasn't a big deal. Like I got all the songs and everything and um, I haven't really played through them. That, that's like the biggest thing. Like you get these soundtracks and to a series you've never played and I don't know if I should just play the game to hear, hear them the first time and then get to know them and then play them later or listen to them for i it's probably the best thing to do is play the game because then it kind of means something to you yeah 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 well cool was there any did they even detail any any collector's edition or just announced it i I was actually just searching that and i didn't see anything but it's also not supposed to come until next year so it's possible that um they just haven't said i didn't didn't see anything about one but oh you know there's going to be one i just i just was kind of wondering what was in it yeah I mean, I mean, granted, as so many people hate it, I just wonder, are they going to, I mean, what are they going to put in this thing that people are going to want? It'll probably be similar to um, 10 and 10 too, you know, soundtrack and, you know, maybe Steelbook or something like that. You say hated, but like, like I said, it's really divided. So there's a lot of people who love the game too, and there are a lot of people who are clamoring for the remaster. So I don't think it's, it's necessarily going to, you know, flop when they try to do the the remaster or anything oh no i mean i i mean i know i don't know i don't know how divided it is like is it a small minority that hate it and like most people like it or is it probably 50 50 or you know there's just no telling yeah i don't know maybe that would make a good daily poll <laughs> yeah um but i i think though the people that really care are gonna say no i hate it <laughs> but who knows well, the nice thing about the remaster is it's the uh, international edition, so um, it should have a lot of extra stuff that we didn't get initially. Yeah, there's always it's always funny that they call it the international edition, even though. Yeah. Well, that's what they did with that Star Ocean one. Uh, I bought that. It's like the international edition, and 
I can't remember what's the deal with uh, why they called it that. Well, Square for a while used to do a thing where they'd, they'd make the game in Japan and they'd localize it for the U.S. and they'd usually make some very small like updates, you know, a thing here, a thing there. And then they'd be like, well, we want to add those things back into the Japanese version and this was, you know, PS2 era. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, we can't really patch it. So like, oh, we're just going to call it the international version and we're going to, well, we're at it, we're just going to update a whole bunch of stuff. So then usually Japan will get like the inter- the uh, international edition, which would have all these things that we didn't get, and we usually wouldn't get that localized. Yeah. But I know like 12 did that. I think 10 did that. Um, the Kingdom Hearts games did that. So <laughs> it was kind of one of those things they did for a while, and then now they can kind of patch stuff in. And I don't think they've done that as much recently. Yeah, the last international thing I've even seen was um, that Star Ocean. Yeah. Okay, well, do you want to get into E3 or because I think um, you're, pr- I guess you're probably the one talking the most about it. So, <laughs> well, I'm I'm assuming you were watching stuff from home as well. Honestly, I didn't I didn't really watch anything about it. I've been really busy with other stuff, so I didn't watch any. I, I mean, I watched like maybe the first little bit of um of the Sony press conference, and I just. It sat in my uh, in a tab, like paused for the longest time, and then I finally just closed the browser. I never did finish it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, obviously I was there for for the Sony press conference, which I didn't necessarily have a whole lot of RPG stuff. Um, they did have a little thing about Final Fantasy fifteen in there, just another trailer for it, and then they announced the Final Fantasy fifteen VR demo mm-hmm. or VR experience, I should say. Um. Not a whole lot else RPG wise. I mean, I guess Horizon is kind of RPG, action RPG. Now, are you talking about new, brand new stuff, or just RPG stuff in general? Just in general, because I, I mean, obviously their big stuff was like um, God of War and uh, what was that Bend game? Days Gone. So stuff like that it wasn't really RPG, but so. Um... You went to the Atlas booth, and you did you play Yakuza Zero or? Yes, I did actually. Cool. Um, the Atlas booth had that, and then Seventh Dragon, and uh, what was that? I can't remember the name. <laughs> um, they had a bunch of RPGs at Atlas booth, so mm-hmm. I did sit down and play a few of those. And uh, one of them I played a little bit was Yakuza, which I've obviously never really played before. Um, so it was kind of interesting. To, yeah. So what did I mean? What did they? I, did they just have the fighting part, or did they have the karaoke, or what? It I mean, looked like they basically just had a the game like mm. there because the guy who was sitting there was like, "Oh yeah, you know, just go do whatever." And I, the guy who was in front of me in line who played it before I did was doing one of the mini games, mm-hmm. and then he went out and and fought some people and then gave it over to me. Um, it was kind of funny because several of the things the Atlas boot had this problem where uh, the party was really over-leveled because they've had the demo sitting there all day, and people would come up, you know, do a few battles, win, and then leave. <laughs> and they were really resetting it after each person, so I go into battle, and I'm, like, punching guys a couple times, and they're dead, and I'm like, oh, well, is the game supposed to be this easy? And the guy who was standing by the booth was like, no, but leveled up a few times while we were here kind of thing. Yeah, normally you have to, like, spend your points to, uh, you know, get get extra attacks and stuff so i wonder if people like you know bought extra attacks or what they did oh yeah i don't i don't know specifically in yakuza if it was like that but definitely one of the other um rpgs that i 
blanking on the name, but uh, it was one of those dungeon crawlers, and I went in, and I'm like, you know, two-shotting enemies, and I'm like, normally these games are a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah a little overleveled. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's normally what I like to do, is I grind up until I'm overleveled, and then I just, that's the fun of it, is, like, kicking ass on them. <laughs> I know uh, a friend of mine did that in Bravely Default because he had that um, mode where you'd basically just hold A and it would skip all the dialogue. And uh, then some other thing where, you know, you'd, you'd find an enemy immediately. So he basically, like, got to a point where he would just sit there and hold A and it would, the character would fight and level up on their own. So, like, early into the game, he's max level and everything and just <laughs> stomping through the game. Yeah, and you can... You can apparently turn the encounter rate up and down and stuff if you don't. Yes. Because it has random encounters, so you can tweak, you know, all that stuff. I guess you can even turn them all the way off and just roam around or whatever. Yeah. I I feel like I'm normally the opposite. I'm the kind of person who rushes through the story and ends up, you know, 10 levels too low on the final boss and has to, like, just barely squeak through. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm the opposite. I spent I waste too much time dicking around and you know trying to trying to get stronger and stuff, and then I f- go through it and it takes me freaking forever to play. So I, I'm always afraid I'm going to get get myself in a like paint myself into a corner or something. You know, just don't level up, and then I'll hit some kind of crucial point where you can't go back, and then you're fucked. <laughs> That's why I do the rolling saves. I'm like, all right, this time I save to save file, save slot A. This time I save to save slot B. Save slot C. Okay, now back to A. Oh, Some geez. games I'll do that, especially if, if it looks like um, I just got to a point where it would do that. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes you don't even have that luxury, though, because of the way the save system works. So. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but anyways, like... I- that was an, that brings up another little topic about the save file, like multiple save files. You know, I really wish there was a way to name them or put like a little like note on there, like I said no to her or whatever in this oh, save yes. file, and in this one I went on the date or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be an interesting thing to add. Back to Yakuza Zero. What did you, I mean, what did you think about it since you've never ever played one? Because you didn't really, I know. I know. I told you it was like a brawler, and you'd probably like it. But what did you think about it? Like what you played? Yeah, it seemed cool. Um, uh, definitely seemed like it was. It was. It felt more like a brawler to me than I know you compared a lot to to Tales. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when we had that you know RPG discussion about Yakuza. Oh yeah. I, I definitely felt more brawler than RPG to me. But you know, looking at like the menus and stuff, there was definitely you know the RPG systems in the background and everything. And in that one, I'm not really sure if they have the seamless battles or not. Uh, no, it was like you find someone in the street and then it kind of cuts to, okay, now there's a bunch of people around you so that you can't leave and you're fighting them kind of thing. Right, right. You beat them and it kind of cuts back to the the streets and the person's like, you know, on the ground next to you like, hey, you beat me. Yeah, that's, I mean, like no one really ever dies. Like they, like... It's just amazing. You you knife them. You you know hit them with a bicycle in the head. You know, and they're like bloody all over the place. And then they still have the energy to get up and say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Here, take this stuff. I'll never, <laughs> yeah. I'll never let this happen again." <laughs> yeah. But I I think that's some of the charm to it. It's just fun. It's just hilarious. And I I love those animations when he does like the final move on him and stuff. Like 
I don't know how Yakuza Zero is because I've been avoiding the trailers as per usual. But <laughs> this was kind of new in Yakuza Five, where one of the one of the moves was like the guys laying face down on the ground, and then you gra- you grab their hair and like gra- drag their face across the concrete and stuff. Ooh. <laughs> it's like really gr- grotesque and like uh, vivid or whatever. I don't yeah. know if they can do that in this one or not. There were uh, there were definitely like contextual takedowns. Like you know, you're close to the wall, you can like push them into the wall and then like you know knock their head, their face into the wall kind of thing. Or um, you know, if you're near a vending machine, like hit them into the vending machine or whatever. But yeah, that's what I, that's an awesome thing about it. It just like I think that's why it feels more like a brawler is because it's really it does a lot to hide that all that stuff going on. Like you know. You know that, like, it doesn't have, like, invisible walls or whatever, really. There's, like, a little bit. But they try to they try to mask it by having, like, there's a crowd there. And, like, I mean, if, if it wasn't a video game, I mean, you see you see how he can manhandle all those people. <laughs> like, a, 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 clou- a, a, like, a little line of women and children are not going to stop him from getting out of the fight. <laughs> so Yeah. But... You know they keep they they kind of mask the the arena with people and stuff. And let's see, so did you did you play any of the mini games or did you do anything in there other than? Uh, I didn't do any of the mini games myself. I just um, just a little bit of the combat and then got off. That was right near the end of the day, and I was mostly doing it so I can get my persona hat. <laughs> the the Alice booth was set up so you had to you had to grab a card and then play four different games and get a stamp in each one of them, and then. If you gave him the card back, you'd get the hat. Trophies, yo. Trophies, yeah. In fact, it was kind of funny because then, you know, I'm waiting for one of the games and the guy be- the guy in front of me is like, oh, I'm not going to take this long. Who comes to E3 to play games? I'm like, well, I uh, kind of am. But everybody. I do kind of also want the hat, so. If you don't want the hat, then move. Yeah, I, I know Chris from uh, um, uh, RPG site. Mm-hmm. He was He was like, sitting there playing the game for half an hour because, you know, he wants to actually, like, see what the game's like and people behind him were getting upset, like, come on, just just stop. <laughs> but, uh... I want yeah. my hat. Get the hell out of the way. Yeah. That's what and, bugged me about, like, where was I? Oh, yeah, it was, like, the last day of PAX, uh, Glenn left and I had, um, I had my badge and his and then, like, we uh, went in, my wife and I went, we... I was I was I went to the uh, N- Nintendo booth and they were giving away these like pins and stuff mm-hmm. and they were like really cool looking little pins like um, they were like those Mario Maker pins and stuff and like you had to play the Mario Maker and oh my god people were so effing slow it's like they were trying to design a whole level and I'm I like asked the guy I'm like I'm like can I please have a pen he's like oh you gotta play the game sorry. <laughs> I'm like, good God, this is not the type of game you do that with. <laughs> yeah, well, I know Glenn likes to to rag on it, but he's definitely got a point that there are some people at uh, E3 that are seemingly only there for the swag, and like the actual games be damned, they just want to get their swag and leave. So yeah, sometimes that... if if the the company like requires that you actually like sit down and play their game for a little bit, then they're they're actually like perturbed by the fact that they have to play games. Well, yeah, the the swag is to try to get you there to to even try the game, so you'd write about it. And if you're not going to bother with the writing the review, you're just wasting their time. And you know, why should you get anything? Yeah, well, I mean, not everyone there's a reviewer, so I mean, cause, well, I mean, a journal. I mean, it's supposed to be 
you know, they don't open them to the public anymore. So everyone there is technically supposed to be in the industry or whatever. Yeah, but as as someone was pointing out when I was talking to him, the industry includes like GameStop employees or if you're going to school for game design or, um, you know, even like Best Buy can send people because, you know, they sell games. So Well, at least like, okay, so like, let's say you're not a journalist, but you're like a GameStop employee. And you you didn't bother to look at the game at all, and someone asks you like I mean they I guess what they want they want you to know something about it or remember it so when you're at the store you're gonna tell them like oh this game I was at E three and I saw this upcoming game do you want to pre order it or something yeah so it's like if you're not gonna play along or do any of that stuff I don't they shouldn't give you any swag yeah no I can. I can understand, but I'm just saying, like, you know, someone who's who's going to school for game design who gets to go, mm-hmm. you know, they they don't care and they they just want their swag. <laughs> yeah, or like those infamous group that I won't go into right now that Glenn rags on. Yeah, but yeah, so the Atlas was obviously a big one for that because not a lot. Some of the other booths didn't really have swag. Like you know, I went to Xseed and they didn't have swag or anything. And um, Bandai Namco, who isn't even on the floor, they're upstairs. So, you know, people in there were mostly there just to play games. And um, Koei, I think, was only by appointment. You couldn't mm. really um, go into their area without having an appointment. But fortunately, I did, so I got to play a couple things there. Cool. Yeah, those are, like, my big four. I think we <laughs> talked about this on, on the chat. You know, it was like, that's, like, those are all my those are all my wheelhouse publishers, like Sega... Bandai Namco, Exceed, Axis, and like Ko- I guess Koei Tecmo to like a, a lower, lesser degree because they do. I think they have a hand in some of that development for like some of the One Piece stuff because it's like the Dynasty yeah. Warriors stuff. Yeah, yeah, those are my like those are my four faves. You know, they put out all the stuff I like to play. <laughs> yeah, so let's see. At, at Koei, I saw Neo and Attack on Titan. Oh yeah, that looks so awesome. Yeah, actually, I was really impressed with Attack on Titan because um, it's one of those games that, or one of those you know properties that I was like, eh, it seems like it might be hard to actually adapt this into a game. But I was I was surprised at just how well it controlled, and you know, they sticking in the city, and within a few minutes, I was zipping around pretty well, you know, flying around like in the show. Um, I wasn't quite proficient, so I had to stop on the ground every once in a while. But I could see where. Once I got good enough, I could easily fly around the city without touching the ground, kind of like they you see them doing the show sometimes. Oh, uh, I was when I first saw it, I was floored when I saw that video, like the video footage of it, because it's almost identical to what the anime is. You're it's like you're 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 actually playing Attack on Titan, the anime, except mm-hmm. it's a video game, and it's like it's so close to what you see, and it's like that's. That's one of the most awesome uh, adaptation. Yeah, adaptation to a video game that I've really seen. Other than like the uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse was kind of kind of the first one that I experienced, where it's you know you're actually flying. You can fly at any time you want, and you can throw out those chi whatever or I don't know if it's key or chi. Key blasts. Yeah, those yeah. key blasts at any time you want, just like a flurry of them, just like they do in the anime. And there's no you know, there's no gauge, there's no bullshit, you know, you and there's no limitations. You just fly wherever the hell you want, and it's just like the game. 
and it's awesome, and it's not just like a fighter. You know, it is a fighter, but, you know, it's it's like you're really playing Dragon Ball, the anime. Yeah, well, speaking of Dragon Ball, I did get to see uh, Xenoverse 2 at uh, Bandai. Yeah, that looks great. I mean, I, I think I finally did finish up the uh, story, the main story of that. And I, I didn't get all the side quests done. And I keep missing the uh, bonus weekends. I hope they have a couple more before the second game comes out. Because I really got to, you know, I need to, like, turn my phone off for a weekend and just get in that <laughs> game again. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of funny because uh, when I went to Bandai to see that, they, Bandai's kind of weird in that they'll, they'll funnel you into, like, this mini theater. And they'll, like, show you the game so you don't actually play it. Mm-hmm. Um so the last year that was how I saw Dark Souls three, and then this year they had a thing for Dragon Ball and Tekken. Well, Glenn decided he wanted to come up there and see Tekken, so he he went in with me. So we watched Tekken, and then he stayed in there because Dragon Ball was after that, and we didn't really want to like you know be rude and get up. So mm-hmm. afterwards we we walk out, and I'm like, "So are you gonna get Dragon Ball?" He's like, "Nope, that's not my kind of game." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it looked pretty cool. They were talking about some new stuff, like I don't know, flying around in vehicles in the hub town and um, different types of quests it has. And then they showed a little bit of combat with, I want to say it was Gohan versus some character from one of the new movies or something. I didn't, didn't recognize him. Yeah, I'm probably can't, yeah. I've seen a, I've seen a little bit of the uh, the trailers of that one, and there's not going to be any spoilers because I. I've seen all the shows. I, the only thing is I haven't seen all the movies, but I I, um, I now own all of them on Blu-ray. I just have to find time to watch through them. Yeah, and then there's like, all, even in the, um, even in Xenoverse 1, they had uh, Pan and all those things from, from GT, and then I guess that's not officially canon, right? So. Yeah. And then I guess that Dragon Ball Super is now going to, reintroduce some of those people for the for real or what whatever i don't know yeah i don't know i haven't really been keeping up with super yeah i don't i guess it's streaming now or i don't know maybe it's it maybe it's simulcast or something or yeah i'm pretty sure it's simulcast it's been going for a couple of years now i think i know people were mad about the the uh animation quality and some of the stuff so they were showing like they were showing like side by sides of i guess the manga and then what the anime and it's like there's no detail whatsoever it's like very very rushed and they were i guess maybe maybe the animation goes in in through several iterations i guess and then you know, they were talking about well maybe when it comes out on on home you know whatever when they release it on the on retail it'll be a better version or something like that yeah cuz there was like it showed uh that Beerus guy it's like that that uh purple like cat looking guy and it was showing like a far away scene of him and it, there's like no detail on his face he looks like a almost like a silhouette <laughs> with but not a silhouette it's like full color but there's like you can barely make out an eye and a nose and it, <laughs> it was just ridiculous looking like they yeah they were really mm-hmm. angry about it <laughs> so We'll see. Yeah, so did you... I mean, do you want to go through anything you saw at Exceed? I don't even really know what all they're coming out with. I know they're coming out with Shiren the Wanderer. Yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, actually, it was kind of surprising because um, before my appointment, 
like when I first got my appointment, their their list had some like unannounced games, and I looked through their list. and I'm like, holy shit, they have like six Vita games at E3. Oh yeah, Granted, they they weren't all they weren't all exclusive. You know, most of them were like Vita and PS4, but yeah, and they got that Akiba's Trip. Um, yeah, Akiba's Beat. Yeah, Akiba's Beat. Yeah. So I didn't get to see that, but I did talk to I interviewed um, the guy who's who's making that. So that should be going up soon. That interview. I love that Akiba's Trip. Uh, I can't wait till this next one because it looks more like an RPG to me. Like I think it's yeah, it is. That was that was it's it's action. Okay. But um, he said it's it's supposed to be more RPG action RPG. Um. That looked really cool, though. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it's not technically related to um, Akiba's Trip, but it is like they kind of built it on the same engine and the same city kind of thing, and then went from there. So, so it's not the main character, the same guy. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um. It. I guess it's a new cast of characters, and the story is that there's like something going on where people's delusions are coming to life, and so. You and the other playable characters have to like go into these delusions and then um, kind of smash them and rip their panties off and then they disappear. <laughs> yeah, I, that, <laughs> it sounds like that mechanic's not in the game either. Is the um, stripping mechanic? Damn. <laughs> um, but it's replaced by something where the characters all have like headphones, hmm. and so while you're playing as the character, um, you can hear like their theme song. And hmm. I guess if you if you play like well to the music you get a bonus and there's something also like if you switch out characters at the right time, um, like in relation to the music, you get a bonus or something. So hmm. that sounded pretty cool. Did you ever play Octopus trip? No, I hmm. bought it and it's been sitting in my pile of shame, AKA my backlog. I actually think you would like that. Um, at least like the, the story parts of it. Cause it's, it's kind of got that Neptunia vibe to the characters. Mm-hmm. So I think you might like it. So I take the back. I played, Maybe like half an hour of it because oh, okay. it was like right after I got back from Japan, mm-hmm. and I was like, I wonder how how similar this will seem since I would, you know was just at Akiba or Akihabara, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh wow, yeah, there's actually a pretty good representation of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a cool thing about the Yakuza games as well is because a lot of that stuff is actual landmarks. I mean, the the city itself isn't one to one, but it's kind of loosely based on like certain cities. So you can actually go to the red light district and see some of the stuff. And there's like several people in the in the Yakuza fan base. We're all kind of on Facebook, and um, people will post their Kabuki Cho visit to there, and then they'll like have it on YouTube or whatever. And <laughs> it's so cool to see that up in real life. That's one of my. The next time I go to Taiwan, I'm I keep hoping that i can get enough time because i want to i want to go to um because normally when you go to taiwan you have to stop in tokyo anyway so i was going to try to try to have like a long uh period between my flight or like just fly there and then spend like a week and do all the stuff i want to do and then go to on the taiwan and spend a couple weeks there that'd be pretty cool yeah so I'm hoping I get to do that. I want to go to um, all the places, you know, uh, Akihabara and all those special places. And then I want to try to go to the uh, that Kabuki Cho, I guess at least during the day. I think at nighttime you don't want to be around there. 
But yeah, I get to um, another one that was kind of cool that I saw when I was there was the uh, big crossing in uh, Shibuya. So that's that's been portrayed in a bunch of games now. Um, what was I? Because I was playing something. Oh, in uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, that has that that in there, and I'm like, oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, even got Hachiko. Yeah, it's so cool. I just wonder what Japanese people even think about this. They're like, oh, this is boring. I I know this place because like I've. Well, I mean, I guess people you know with that uh, infamous Second Son that people that lived in. Seattle. They, I did hear a lot of people comment about it was kind of cool to go through there, but you know, every other game has those same places in it. So <laughs> yeah. I think it's only. I'm just wondering if Americans are the only ones excited about that. Yeah, I guess I feel like in in like Japanese games, it tends to be Tokyo, and that's about it. Whereas like for for American games. Sometimes you get San Francisco, sometimes you get Boston, sometimes you get New York, sometimes you get Seattle. Like, I guess they a little more varied. You sh- yeah, you should play Yakuza 5 because they've got, um, you know, Danton Burry, and they've got, I don't know, I probably murdered that pronunciation, but um, they've got Osaka and... Yeah, I'm not saying it's like none of them do other cities, but I feel like a lot of them are... Or Tokyo. Yeah. It it usually is Tokyo and then those that Shibuya crossing and then like that oh what is that? That big plaza that has the two stairs. I can't remember what that one's called. There's like some tech center or whatever. Yeah. Like all those places. I was playing um Project Cross Zone and they've got a lot of that same stuff too. But it, yeah. it, it's kinda nice though because I actually know the place now. Because <laughs> I played so many games that had those locations yeah um what were we talking about oh, e3 stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Got a topic there yeah um let's see what else did i see at xseed uh i don't i don't know if you're familiar with the uh fates day night universe or anime books visual novels um i'm i'm not familiar with it i've heard of it though yeah because they they had the new game for that there the fate Extella. Mm. And that was really cool. I really like the art style in it. Um, the gameplay is almost exactly Dynasty Warriors, even yeah. down to like capturing districts and stuff like that. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, like I said last time, I'm kind of musoed out. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I played yeah. so many of those in a row. I'm just like, oh, I, I just kind of dread having to play another one right now. Yeah. So um, we talked about Xseed and. Oh, I think I, I misspoke. Uh, Axis is the one bringing out um, Shiren. I wonder not not exceed. Oh yeah, I didn't see Axis there. They might have had a side booth somewhere, but but them and exceed, I think, kind of do stuff together once in a while. Mm, maybe, Man, maybe mm. not. I don't. Know. Yeah, I feel like because I I like a lot of the companies you said, but then like Axis, I like and um, NIS. And I didn't see either of them have a booth. On the main floor this year, normally I guess like it's last year, NIS had a booth as I recall, but not this year. They might have been in a side room because there's a bunch of like kind of um, upstairs meeting rooms, and some of the companies will just be up there and kind of like by appointment only kind of things. Yeah, and I think we talked about it last time. I think Nisa's kind of going through some stuff right now. So they, well, they they were having some trouble in Japan. The, the Japan side was having some trouble. Um, there was some reports about how poorly they were treating their workers or something, and then a bunch of their staff left, and um, 
NIS is still putting out a few games, but like all other Disgaea staff left them. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I don't think they've done a Disgaea game since that staff left. Yeah, maybe five was at, was new staff. I don't remember. But so then all that stuff, obviously NIS um, Americas can't really localize stuff that doesn't exist. I mean, there are some NIS games coming out, but NIS Americas kind of been all right. Now what? We can't do Gust anymore because Gust got bought by. Koei Tecmo and um, yeah. well they just had Grand Kingdom I yeah and I guess NIS is kind of odd because well now they've started doing Gus stuff again because they started doing physical versions for some Koei games oh yeah so now I guess that's what their their whole shtick is pretty much is like the whole uh, collector's editions because I guess they make some of the best collector's editions so I guess they've kind of you know approached I guess different companies to like let people do it because I know there's some Funimation collectors editions they're doing and they have can't really remember I, but I know they were doing stuff for other yeah like you just said the Koei Tecmo and I think there was some other ones mm. I want to say I almost want to say they did one for Bandai Namco but I can't remember but yeah maybe I don't recall and I, they had that Stranger of Sword City this year they had Grand Kingdom this year so they're they're doing like a lot of localizations of some new stuff, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I know they're doing a Toho game coming out soon, and they're doing that uh, Yomawaru game. So I mean, they're, they're not like dead, but it is it is interesting compared to a few years ago when it was like every other game coming out of them was Disgaea or Atelier or um, Neptunion. Like they've lost all those franchises, basically. Oh, that sucks. Well, didn't they do? Um the tag mention, whatever? No, because Idea Factory started Idea Factory International, who's been doing the nep- the last few Neptunia games. Okay. I think actually some NIS America staff left NIS and went to Idea Factory International. <laughs> hmm. Where, like, translation is the same, or I don't know, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. But it seems like they're, you know, doing a pretty good effort at... at- doing new things now so maybe it'll turn out for the best and they've been they've been localizing some anime too so yeah that come for them anyway anything else for me three um i saw the sword art online game mm-hmm. the new one that was kind of interesting it seems like it's it's kind of a return to the first game but not i don't know that that was really odd um <laughs> that one was also odd because most of the demos are like sit there and play it, and either there's a hard stop where like you beat something and okay now you're done, or it's it's just you know the game and someone who's attending the station will eventually say hey maybe you should get off. But uh, Sword Art was literally like you start it up and you have eight minutes and that's it, and then wherever you are after eight minutes the thing like boots you back to the title screen. Oh, <laughs> it's <geez>. like what? <laughs> that sucks. Um, and I saw a couple other things at, at Bandai, like the uh, Gundam game. There's a Gundam game coming to Vita uh, next month. Well, that's pretty funny, though, like back to the whole kick you off after eight minutes. Like, So some people, they have to force to play the game because they got swag, and in that one, it's like they don't want you to play too much of it. <laughs> yeah, well, that one was kind of funny because when I got up there, that was in Bandai, outside of their, their little theater thing, they had you know some games set up to play. And there was someone playing it, and... She, you could tell she was a big fan of uh, Sword Art, like the series. Because yeah. the whole time she's playing, she's like chatting with the attendant about the series. And then her eight minutes are up, and I'm standing there. And she's like, oh, did you want to play? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I kind of jumped in. And then they were kind of still chatting behind me while I was playing. And 
you know, obviously I'm familiar with the series too. So a few times I almost like jumped in there, but I ended up not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have gone the full geek mode. Yeah, probably. Actually, uh, everyone always kind of compares it to that dot hack, and and you know I, I missed out on the whole dot hack, but I I bought the whole series, and now that I've seen dot hack, I think Sword Art I I like it a lot better than dot hack to be honest. Which which dot hack? The first one? Yeah. Yeah. Dot hack sign. They're they're really different. Dot hack signs, as I recall, because it's been a number of years since I saw it, but that was a lot more like slow and plotting, and more more like a a guess cerebral experience about about like the implications of getting stuck in the game whereas sword arch is kind of like hey let's go up and get them and fight stuff and as i recall from dot hack like the one time you think they're finally going to fight something they like cut to black and then come back later and they're like hey we beat the thing uh like right yeah. at the end of the show or something that might have happened yeah i just <laughs> <laughs> my memory could be off it's been you know seven years since i saw it i didn't really like the main character of it i just couldn't he's not very likable to me and um i mean i like the main character of uh sword art online so because i think he's pretty cool and he's you know he's he's over well i guess spoilers for anyone that's never watched it but um he's got you know he's got all the upgrades because he was in the beta so that's why he's more powerful than everybody else. And then, I don't know. I mean, it. I think if I would have watched Dot Hack back in the 90s or whenever it was out, it would have probably been a better experience for me because that would have been brand new and, you know, no one ever thought about that. But to me, it was just kind of, I already saw Sword Art online and then I watched Dot Hack and I mixed, you know, there's so many rabid fans on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see it, and then I watch it. I'm like, eh, I'm not really into this. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. was cool. I'm glad I bought it, and I'm glad I watched it. But um, I don't know. I think uh, there are some characters from maybe one of the uh, I don't know if it's Dot Hack Roots or something. There's a couple of them. I'm, I'm not really familiar with any of the other ones. Yeah. Well, anyways, like I guess one of the guys comes back or whatever and he's he's in that um in uh, project cross zone so oh yeah that's true it seemed like he was a that person in there was a little bit cooler or whatever than the one i saw in the in the original one so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't I'm trying to think of like what else came out that um I, since I didn't really watch any of the stuff, I don't really know too much that's coming out. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else I saw. Uh, I guess I did, didn't play it, but they had the new JoJo's Bizarre Adventure game there. I know some people are pretty excited for that one. Yeah, I I don't know too much about it, but I do. I did play them on the J Stars Victory Versus, and uh, I want I wanted to uh, get into it, mm-hmm. but um, I think like the the JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. And I think there's like many, many other ones that I completely missed out on. Um, and I think there might have been a hard copy or a physical copy of that game, but I can't remember. It's mm-hmm. been it's been on my wish list, but I think it's more of just like a fighting game. The f- uh, first one was more of a fighting game. Mm-hmm. This one looked a little bit more like the. I guess it's still a fighting game, but it looked a little bit more like Xenoverse, mm-hmm. just in that you're a little bit more free roaming. Yeah. So you're still kind of fighting someone. Um, but it's not quite like, you know, 
Street Fighter kind of thing. Yeah, and I wonder if there if this is just like a spec. Okay, so like, uh, kind of rewinding a little bit, but like in the One Piece games, they've had those One Piece pirate adventures, and they're like those Musou games. And you know, at first I was thinking like the third one came out, and I I think I reviewed that actually, but I bought the collector's edition for the Steel Book, and um. I was wondering, should I try to get the first two? But then, you know, it, it just basically this one was they were playing from the very beginning anyway. So it's like you can you can safely play this, and you're not really missing too much on the other two. I don't think. <laughs> so I wonder if this this one's coming out. I'm, I wonder if I should pick up the first one or not because I do want I, I do want to get. I am interested in the new game. So yeah. Uh, oh, I saw a really cool. Um turn-based rpg called uh, battle chasers hmm. which is apparently based on a uh, western comic from the 90s i think hmm. it was the 90s and i hadn't heard of the comic but the game looked really awesome um the art style for one was like fantastic and then the the combat just looked really cool i mean it was kind of traditional turn-based stuff obviously but they had some cool systems in there like you as you fight stuff um you build up overcharge which is basically like mana like, it goes in your mana pool, but then you lose it at the end of the fight. So it kind of incentivizes you to, you know, occasionally use your magic spells as opposed to just, like, spamming normal attacks the whole time. And, hmm. um, of course, you know, flashy special attacks and all that kind of stuff. So it looked really cool. I, that was ended up ended up being one of my favorite games that I saw there just because it was kind of out of left field. It was one of those games I went to the appointment. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it'll probably be crappy because it's some indie game. And ended up being really cool looking. Oh yeah, I can see it now. It does look. It does look kind of. It looks like a little retro-ish, but then it's got kind of the more updated look to it. Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, character models look pretty cool. And I don't know what else. I saw a bunch of stuff that wasn't RPGs, but don't necessarily need to go into that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty big uh, God of War fan, and I just saw a couple of, you know, stills of the game i don't know if i'm really excited about it but looks very different from the other god of war games yeah i was kind of wondering where they would go with the series but i was actually wondering if they would because i had saw i had seen some rumors or people talking about where they'd like it to go maybe maybe do um you know have a new god of war like a different uh instead of doing greek culture maybe do a different one well that's kind of what it seems like they're doing here like well, it's like a well. This one's a prequel, and it's like from what I understood, because like it, the original God of War talks about how I, I don't believe this is a prequel. Is it? Oh, I thought I thought this was a prequel because it showed us him and his son and stuff, and, and he's taken down the, the pagan I, gods. I think they've said that this is after three, mm. and they haven't really said who the son is yet, and they said it's a key part of the story. Oh, okay. But, um, the things in the trailer, I, I a little bit more Norse inspired, and I guess if you look closely, like in the background and stuff, you can see I don't know, like Loki in the background or something like that. Okay. So. Yeah, like I said, I, I didn't. All I saw was the couple of still images, and I saw him with like a beard and stuff, and he had yeah. his kid. And and now that now that you mentioned, I think he had a daughter named Calliope. So yeah, that makes sense. I was kind of wondering, like, because. When I first saw it, I was thinking like, okay, it's just a prequel where they're going to... Because 
like at the beginning of one, like he's fighting those Vikings, and I was wondering like if they're going into the, you know, how he got to that point, and when he makes the whole pact with Ares or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll. S- I I guess I'll. T- I think I saw like maybe one little clip about a uh, clip of it where he's like fighting a some kind of giant thing. Yeah. The demo that they did during the uh, press conference is pretty short, so probably like you know ten minutes or something. Yeah. Oh, I guess I also went to the Square Enix booth. Saw some stuff there. Like they had uh, um, a new Final Fantasy fifteen demo, and mm. I talked about this on the main podcast, but it was actually kind of a bad demo. Really? Yeah. Like you're fighting this giant titan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it. It just, I don't know, it didn't work. Like, the controls didn't feel too good. And it felt like by the time I was finally getting a handle on how to, like, fight the giant, then the demo was over. Because, like, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of like, okay, he swipes at you a few times, and he puts his fist down, and then the game tells you to to use a um, Blizzaga on him. And then, like, the Blizzaga basically one-shots him, and then you do a cutscene, and that's the end of the demo. And I was like, okay, well. Um, And then they had Final Fantasy XII there, so it was just the remaster. Mm-hmm. And Kingdom Hearts, which I didn't get to play because the line was always freaking long. That's one series I never really care. I don't care anything about it. <laughs> I know <laughs> well, there's so then, people. Then you're not like uh, Michael because MJC was going nuts. He was like, I, I kind of want to go play. I kind of want to go play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and then we went over there, and he's like, Oh right, this is the remake of the 3DS game. Never mind. <laughs> oh, now was this okay? So they're coming. I think there was some news when they first announced. Is it the same thing where they have like three of them? There's three of them coming out. This is two point eight, and I think it's just a remake of Dream Drop Distance. Okay, because I thought there was three Kingdom Hearts coming out, and that was like some big news from like PAX or something. Well, yeah, because I mean, like the two point five had like three games put into it. Hmm. Um, but I think this one's just the one game, and then. Obviously, Kingdom Hearts 3 is the next big game. That's probably a few years out. Mm, okay. Yeah, I know nothing about that series, and it doesn't really appeal to me at all. So <laughs> It's actually pretty fun. I, the first two on PS2, I, I enjoyed. The The story jumps the shark after that point. Mm. It starts going down like the rabbit hole of strange continuity and stuff. But from a combat perspective, I've played you know the PS2 ones and the PSP one and... Um, they were all they were all pretty fun. Cool. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. Um, I didn't see much of anything. So, I know there I know there are other RPGs that I've seen recently that I, I just can't think about. Like think of the names right now. So yeah, there were a few others that I saw there that I didn't like sit down and play. Really, like Star Ocean was there. That comes out like next week. And uh, there's a game called uh, I Am Setsuna that looks pretty cool, but I really mm-hmm. didn't get to, I basically only played that for like two minutes, and then someone came over and uh, asked me to give it up for somebody else. Um, mm. uh, but, yeah, so should we move on to uh, what, we, what we've been playing outside of E3 for me? <laughs> but just, you know. I put down, like, the talk about uh, the Persona 5 Collector's oh, Editions. Yeah. So, like... I went ahead and I'm trying to get the Japanese one and the, like then that whole thing with the the Brexit happened and then you know the Japanese yen is really strong now so I don't know what's going to happen with that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but I I want that like five disc like it's like their twenty year persona collector edition or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a shame we don't get anything like that here. I think we get like a little tiny sound disc with like maybe some songs, but it's not like as substantial as that. So I had to get that. So yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a shame. Uh, and we get like a little bag or something. And I really, really wanted those uh, those mini figs and stuff that came in the Japanese one. Mm-hmm. But it was just like a little bit too rich for my blood. It's like over two hundred bucks or something. And I, <laughs> I think I figured it out. It was like I think it's like fifty or sixty dollars more, or maybe even seventy dollars more from one one edition to the next. And all you get is the is like those figurines and some some kind of crystal i don't know what it is it doesn't really show a photo of it so and i thought well if i really want these figures i'm sure they're gonna if it's if it's a really good game they're gonna have you know figurines if i really wanted i could just buy some i could spend 70 bucks and get a nice one or something oh yeah i still see tons of like persona 4 ones so i'm sure that they will not only persona 4 ones but then like Persona 4 specifically from the fighting game, and then Persona 4 specifically from Persona Q. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I mean, they did have... Because I, I, I'm more of a Persona 3 fan than Persona 4, even though... I don't know, if you asked me on one week, I'd say one, and then maybe the next week the other. It's like they're, they're like kind of, I don't know, so tied I can't make a decision. But they're so different, so... But I, I don't see a whole lot of Persona 3 stuff. I did see, like, a really huge figurine of the a protagonist from the first one. And then there was some uh, some of the the uh, Velvet Room inhabitants uh, figurines. But I don't really remember if there was the other people. I've definitely seen, like, Mitsuru. Oh, yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I guess, because one of my friends is a huge fan of I guess and he buys like every single figure they put out of her and they they've actually put out a pretty decent number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty kick ass. <clears throat> yeah, so anyway, I, so I think like the Persona 5 collector's edition here you get like a like a school bag. I think this the standard art book um the uh sound soundtrack and then some other stuff. But then the Japanese, you get like five CDs of all the music from all the games so far, or something like that. And then like I guess some of the, some of the same stuff. I, you don't get like a little bag or anything. But that's what I wanted the most was the music because I love the music of that series. Yeah. So anyway, that's my. Are you gonna get it? Or are you just getting a North America one? Uh, I think we're just gonna get the North America one this time. I did, I did the both for uh, Persona Four Dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, that was the one time that I think the U.S. ended up getting the better collector's edition. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm crazy, so I still ended up doing it. But I don't know. This time, I feel like there's a lot more games I'm buying this year, so I think I'll just hold off. Plus, like, dancing was kind of easy to play, even without knowing the language. But I feel like a, uh, an RPG proper tends to be a little bit harder just because you don't necessarily know what all the moves do and following the story is not impossible so yeah there's too like the dialogue um 
not not only the dialogue but also the uh the menu systems are just kill me i can't get through like because like i tried to play uh well i did play through yakuza one of the yakuza games that didn't come out here and i i tried i played it with a um with a youtube video and like a a fac and it was really difficult as yakuza kenzan and uh it was an awesome game it's just a shame it never came here but it was really tough and there was a couple times where um you know, like, there's, like, weapon crafting. And if you want, like, a certain sword, you have to get this certain stuff. And some of these uh, little icons they had on there looked so similar. You could, I could barely tell the difference between it, how they looked. And, um, I mean, the guy, the guy that did the streaming did pretty well at it. But it's like, he didn't sit there and show you how to create every single weapon. Like, you had to get that from the, the fact. And then the fact was all text. So, there was no photos. And, um, my wife speaks, or she can read Chinese, and, like, so, uh, a lot of those kanji characters in Japanese are pretty much straight out of the Chinese language, so she could read them and tell me what the hell, what the hell they are, and, uh, helped me out quite a bit. And then, like, the, the, the fact would say, okay, to do this subquest, go to this area and talk to this guy, and there's no photo of him, so it was really difficult to to get through that game, but I managed to do it. I, I think I did most all the subquests. I didn't get the platinum, but well, I don't think there was trophies in it anyway. So, uh, anyway, it was really difficult. I don't think there's a couple more Yakuza games that didn't come out here and I really would love to play them. But after that experience, I just don't know if I can do it. Yeah. Well, I, I tend to usually only do it for fighting games and music games, but like, I did play most of, or not most, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, half of uh, Valkyrie Chronicles 3, but I wasn't even following, like, a guide or anything. I was just kind of playing it, and so I wasn't understanding the story at all, and it just didn't quite catch me the same way playing it like that. Huh. Yeah, it's, it's just really sucks trying to do that. I mean, some people, they just say learn Japanese. It's like, well, I mean, if, if I had that time to dedicate to it i would love to but i don't know it it would take you probably five years to get proficient enough to to learn all that stuff so Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) (laughs) i am jealous of people that can speak japanese and stuff because then you know if they hate what the localization people did they can get the japanese version and play it and Mm -hmm. and then a lot of times they get um better collector's editions so you can only buy you can just get one copy so anyway (laughs) (laughs) i guess we can go to um we did have like a little bit of feedback i don't know if you want to we did i didn't realize (laughs) we had one person that replied about um how we don't really have any western rpg talk that's right just from like the very first episode i guess so, I think we both, I mean, I know we don't really talk about it now, but there really haven't been many Western RPGs other than, like, uh, The Witcher 3 that came out, and then neither of us got it for review, so, and I didn't buy that. I know you said you bought it, but you said that, you had Well, Witcher had 3 came out last year. You mean you mean the DLC that came oh, okay, out recently, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I didn't buy that at all. So, yeah. and I can't think of anything else that's. I know uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is coming out. I'll definitely be playing that. And you know, my my buddy is he's a humongous uh, Mass Effect fan, and I'm we're kind of wondering how they're going to transfer the save data because I know uh, it's supposed to be PS4 exclusive, right? Or uh, you know, Xbox One and PS4 exclusive. There's, I don't think they're going to have it on PS3, right? I don't know. Well, anyways, like, so they just they came out with um, the trilogy on the PS3, and then like the 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 new one's supposed to incorporate some of the stuff that you did on your previous I one. So I thought I'd heard that it didn't incorporate that at all because I mean it's a completely new character and completely new races and like setting and everything. From from what I understand, I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe he's wrong, but according to what my friends said, he saw that they're going to mention stuff about, like, it's all new characters in a new part of the galaxy, but somehow they are going to mention something about your old character or something. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's just generalized stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because I was kind of wondering, maybe they will put it on PS4. It really would not surprise me if they have it on PS4. So, I don't know. I guess then I'll have a I played the first one. I didn't play the the second or third one, so I'll have to figure out: Do I want to play the first one again uh, on the PS4 and try to play through them all before the new one comes out, or just go back to the PS3 and just you know play them? They could always they could always do uh, like a thing where you upload your save. I think one of the sports games did that, where if you were playing on the PS3, you could upload your save to their cloud, and then it would import it into the PS4 version. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember something like that. It'll be interesting. And then there didn't aren't they coming out with like they're coming out with Skyrim on the PS4 or is that some rumor? Yeah, that was announced at Bethesda. They're doing a remaster of Skyrim, so PS4 and uh, Xbox One. I don't. I just don't know if I can do that. I yeah, mean, I didn't really get into it the first time, so I don't think I'm gonna even try this time. I played Oblivion and it was just I was bored to tears and I just could not get through it. It was so terrible. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not opposed to Western RPGs. If they had something that's really fun to play, like Mass Effect, I'm totally in. I would definitely play them. And you know, if we get them for review, I'm definitely going to play them. So it's just right now, I don't think there's really anything out that we can really try to really talk about. So not recently, yeah. So, anyway, I don't think that... And then the forums, uh, I don't think we really got anything. There was some... Oh, because uh, I had put the links to some of the anime that we talked about last time. I put the links to, you know, wherever they're streaming for some of those. So, if, if someone was interested in any of those anime we were watching, you can click on some of those links. It'll take you ex- ter- directly to, like, Amazon Prime or, you know, like, Funimation or... I think some of them are even on YouTube, so... Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, I think I, I had one for Broken Blade. I had one for the can, Kibun, Kibunari. Kibunari. Yeah. And uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. So. All right. So what's next? I guess what we've been playing recently. Yeah, and like I, I don't really have anything. So I guess I mean I've been just busy with other life stuff. Um, I took a vacation to Hawaii, so I was doing that, and then then I was doing. Uh, shooting my guns and stuff and then uh, i got a new 
a new lens, so I've been doing a lot of photography stuff. So I just haven't had a lot of time to really play games. And um, that's why I just really didn't get into E3 this year, is I, I was doing too much of my photo stuff. So I got like, I have a, uh, a Sony A7R, Alpha 7R camera, and it's, it's like a, it's a mirrorless, uh, it's not a DSLR, but it's like a mirrorless camera. And it's like 30, 35 megapixel. And, um, I have like a pretty good lens for it. So I do a lot of like landscape and then I do just about everything. We go to places and I shoot a bunch of photos and then, then I got to bring them home and then kind of edit them all. So it takes a lot of time to get through them and get them online and everything. So I've just been doing that. So all I played was uh, Grand Kingdom and then I'll have, I'll have a review of that later. So I played it like a little tiny bit of, uh, Stranger of Sword City, and then just tonight I played a little bit of uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and then we can talk about that when you go over your stuff. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> that's it for well, me. Yeah, I guess not much. Um, yeah, so I got Odin Sphere for review. Uh, that was quite a while ago now, almost a month ago, I don't know. Um, that was a remake of the PS2 game, and uh, that was really cool. It was one that I didn't really play on the PS2. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up getting it later because they put it on PS3, like one of the PS2 classics. Um, and I played their later games, so it's made by uh, Vanillaware, who did Dragon's Crown and Muramasa. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, these two games are awesome. I should try their older games. So I tried Odin Sphere. It was kind of hard to get into because the controls weren't like nearly as the same as in their newer games. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, in the remake, fortunately, for me at least, they uh, completely changed it, and now it plays a lot more like um, Dragon's Crown and uh, those games. So it's really, really fluid, and of course it's vanillaware, so the game's beautiful and um, some like really cool effects and everything. Um, I uh, I got the collector's edition of that, and I I talked myself into it, and I talked myself out of it three or four times, and then you know Amazon Prime has that twenty percent off, <laughs> so it's like. It's not that much more, so what the hell, and I got it. <laughs> yeah, I ended up getting the collector's edition, too. and Yeah, that game is... I love that game. It's really good. I think my review, I gave it like an 8.5. Um, the the big complaint I had was just that it's kind of repetitive. Um, kind of like the other from the lower games, actually. Because there's, there's five characters, and the game has you go through each character one at a time. Um, but each character's campaign is basically like, okay... Here's the same couple locations. Here's the same couple bosses. Um, they do play differently, so that that kind of helps it out. And a few of the characters have like a unique area, or a unique boss here or there. But the, there's a little bit of repetition. But I still got through through most of the game. I actually didn't quite finish it yet. I'm like right at the end of the game. I just haven't <laughs> sat down and finished it. Yeah, I think I don't. Well, shoot, I'm not sure. I think I got it, and then I went on vacation right away, so I, of course I didn't play it at all. And then I got Grand Kingdom for review, so then I was like, well, shit, I I don't know when I'm going to be able to play it now, but I really want to. Yeah. Well, I was lucky because they sent me the Vita version and the PS4 version for review, so when I was uh, off at Fanime, I had the Vita version with me, so I was like, on the plane flight, I was able to play it and everything, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of... Well, I didn't have any time during my vacation at all. I mean, I, I had a review, I think, before I left. And um, 
I was planning on doing like a little bit of work on it so I could get it done. Yeah, that's that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like really, really super late, and they were like really pissed off at me that it took that long. But yeah, it happens sometimes. Uh, and then I also reviewed uh, the new Guilty Gear game. It's not really a RPG, but it's got kind of some of the trappings of it, at least like character archetypes and stuff, and certainly the off-the-wall aspects of it. But uh, one of my favorite fighting game series, so I kind of just threw it in there because, hey, this is our podcast, and I can talk about what I want. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, I guess I'll, um, Zero Time Dilemma came out, or is coming out tomorrow as I'm recording this. Um, so that one was kind of funny because they sent it to me like the day I was leaving from E3. And mm-hmm. I like busted my butt to get that review done. And now it's been sitting waiting to get edited. But <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully it'll be out tomorrow when the the game is out. But um, that one's more like a visual novel kind of with a puzzle game. Um, so it's the sequel to Virtue's Last Reward, which was also on the Vita. Yeah. Um, and it's got a really cool story. Um, and I kind of don't want to talk about it at all because there's a lot of spoilery stuff. But uh, I'll say, like, you, th- you think about, like, a normal visual novel where you get to a certain point and then you'll have, like, some dialogue choices or whatever. Usually that's, you know, that's it. You make your choice, then you keep going, and then eventually you're like, oh, I wonder what happens if I go the other way, and and you watch the other way. Well, there's kind Mm -hmm. of a funny moment in Virtue's Last Reward where you make one of the choices, and then, like, you immediately get a bad end. So then (laughs) you go, oh, okay, well, I'll go back to that choice, and I'll make the other choice. Well, then you get another kind of bad end, and the one character goes, hey, wait a minute, didn't we make a different choice last time? (laughs) I was like, what the hell? What the hell's going on? So... The the game kind of like builds into its lore, um, so, a means okay. by which the characters can know about like other th- choices that are made. Okay, so let's rewind a bit. So, does it know that you reloaded, or does it just like um, just assume you reloaded? Uh, I don't know exactly. I don't know if it. I think it does know that you already made one choice and then went to the other one. Because it's not like a reload. It's like after you get the one end, then it kind of puts you back into, like, both of the games do, um, like, a flowchart thing. So you can kind of see where, you know, where the story goes. Like, okay, you're going down this way, and then there's a choice right here, and then it splits kind of thing. And so you go back to there, and you you select, like, the split, and then it, it loads you back into the split kind of thing. Okay, okay, because so, I thought maybe you quit out of the game and then you loaded your save up, like an alternate save, and did it, and it, no, and it knew that no, you'd it was, done that. it was all the same save, so, like, you're supposed to go and do every every um, decision in the game. Because I was like, oh, man, that is really nasty. Yeah, like, <laughs> that'd be kind of, that'd be really crazy if, like, it knew even when you, like, didn't save or something, but... That would be kind of awesome, though, because, like, you know, people like you and me, like, have, like, five different saves, and that'd be funny if they... Like secretly, you know, when you X'd out, it would, you know, cache something and then it would know, like, oh, you, you're trying to cheat. <laughs> or like in uh, Metal Gear Solid 1, when uh, Praying Man is like, oh, I see you've been playing Gran Turismo, huh? <laughs> like, How do you know that? <laughs> oh, right. There's a, there's a save card in my system. <laughs> that is pretty awesome, though. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then, like, the other gameplay mechanic is that um, uh, the characters look like get locked in a room. 
And then it's kind of like an adventure game where you're uh, finding items and then solving puzzles to get out of the room. So it's very, very puzzle oriented. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really cool, really cool series. The series actually started on DS and there's a game called 999, mm-hmm. um, which I haven't played yet. But uh, they're all really, really um, connected. So definitely play Virtue's Last Reward before playing Zero Time Dilemma. Um, 999, I actually, obviously I was able to get around not playing it. I did read some spoilers that kind of helped me out because they do reference it a few times. But uh, yeah, it's a really cool series. Um, it likes to to uh, talk very deeply about like different uh, phenomena, stuff like that. Like they'll you know, randomly start talking about like Schrodinger's cat and go into this big old thing, like comparing some situation to the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment or, you know, the... Um, the Monty Hall problem or something like that. And you're like, wow, where'd this come from? But well, yeah. Cause like, um, that's kind of how that Steins gate is a little bit. And also, um, you know, ghost hound that we talked about last time, mm-hmm. it kind of does, it kind of goes into that kind of stuff. That's real, real cerebral type stuff. Yeah. I, pl- I played, I think I played the demo of, uh, whatever, uh, Heroes last Re- what is that? Virtue's is last the- reward. Yeah, Virtue's last reward. I I played, I played like um, I think they had like a free demo when it first came out or something like that. Uh, I think they might have, but then I think the game itself was um, made for free on PS Plus at one point. Yeah, I don't think I got it unfortunately. Uh, oh, Zero Escape. Yeah, yeah Zero Escape. Um, the series is called Zero Escape. Mm-hmm. So this is the third one, Zero Escape Three. But yeah, it's a super cool series. Um. I don't remember what I gave it in my review now. I could probably look it up, but um, yeah, it's really good. And then been playing uh, the new Atelier game, Atelier Sophie, for a review as well. It's an Atelier game. I know. Uh, You're still playing it? Yeah, well, I I got it right before E3, so I didn't play it a whole lot over E3. Hmm. Um, I'm about like 30 hours into it now. Yeah, and normally those games are about forty hours, so uh, still got a little bit to go. But uh, um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the series because the series is like it's also got kind of puzzle aspects. Because one of the main mechanics that the series is known for is the ability to do uh, alchemy, and uh, in this game especially, the alchemy is kind of puzzle-like because uh, as you put items into your your alchemy or into your cauldron, then you have to like fit them together a little bit like a Tetris thing. Mm-hmm. Like they've got blocks and you got to kind of like fit them in and you get different bonuses depending on how you put them in. And uh, yeah, it's got really, really in-depth alchemy. Just not only that, but like different items have different traits that you can, you can transfer to whatever you're making and different qualities and all those things kind of like factor into the item that you're, you're synthesizing. So, hmm. and um, I also lo- really like the uh, Tell Your series because they're kind of like laid back too. Like the story isn't, you know, normally you, you think of like a JRPG story and you think of like the spiky haired hero who's trying to save the world and um, like the stakes are really high and everything's like, do it now, do it now. But uh, the Tell Your games are normally like just kind of laid back, you know. In uh, Sophie, um, she finds a book that can talk because video games and, mm-hmm. uh, 
the book's like, oh, you know, I don't have any memories. Maybe you can like help me get my memories back. So the the whole game is just like, oh, you know, kind of putzing around and um, or not if you don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so like as you do stuff, you're slowly unlocking memories for the the book and um, you know meeting other characters who live in the town and just kind of going on adventures. And there's occasionally like you know. You know, there's a dragon, you know, okay, go fight off the dragon kind of thing. But usually it's not like the world's going to end. It's more like, oh, hey, there's a dragon that's, you know, occasionally a nuisance. Maybe we should go and fight it at some point eventually if you feel like stopping doing alchemy. If you care about your friends, I mean, and if not, F them. Let the <laughs> dragon go crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a cool series. And um, Sophie's pretty good. I, I, It hasn't quite grabbed me as much as the other games in the series. Um, but I'm still enjoying it and probably end up getting a, giving it a pre- pretty decent score. I'm started writing my re- review a little bit, but I haven't finished yet. Yeah. I saw Glenn streaming. I, I just don't think that I could really get into the, that game. I, I've seen other people stream, uh, other ones too. I think I saw some of the Maruru. Maruru. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't think. Eh, I, I think it's one of those games that doesn't stream well just cause it's not, quite as action heavy um and it didn't help no offense to glenn if he's listening to this but he didn't know what he was doing and so like you know early on he needed to get certain items for the recipe that he wanted to make and then he like spent all his money on stuff that he didn't need and he didn't have the money to buy the items he did need so then he had to go out and grind and then there's a thing in the game where you could look and see what what items are available in each area and he's just you know oh i'm just gonna go to this random area okay gathering 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 why am i not fighting this item okay well because you're in the wrong area but you know he didn't, <laughs> he didn't check to see that so i mean it, it's obviously it's not entirely his fault because um he's you know just starting the game and sometimes you don't know that know those things immediately but um i do feel like that was not necessarily the best representation of of how the game is played but i also am fully aware that the atelier series is not you know something that everyone will get into and especially like i said with the plot being very laid back normally it's a lot of people who are looking for a plot won't like it and if you don't like the kind of slower turn-based gameplay or you know sitting there doing alchemy forever then i can definitely see where it doesn't uh appeal to everyone but it's easily one of my favorite series and um i love them yeah well that's i mean it's cool that that you know, I'm. I know. I know other people that are really love that too. So, more <laughs> power to you. And at least they're coming out with new ones. Yeah. All the time, well, it seems it, it's actually since. it's been a yearly series for like 15 years now. So. Oh yeah, because it was kind of weird. Like the first time I ever saw one was um, uh, what was, what was the very first one on was PS3? Atelier Rorona. Rorona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rorona and like. I hadn't. I didn't even know about the series until I saw that. And when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh man, this looks awesome!" And I was. It was on my wish list, and I never did get around to picking it up. But then later, I saw they had like a slightly different gameplay where you couldn't really spend too much time out out in the field. You had like a time limit. Like there's a counter, and like I know they re re they redid the game, and they kind of got rid of that yeah. mechanic or something like that or they um, changed it a little bit so the first three on the ps3 um all had that time mechanic 
and um, mm. the first one especially. I thought Tatori and those Maru, Maru, Maru or whatever. I didn't think they had that because I. They they do yeah. Oh okay. A little bit. The first one's kind of uh, limiting on that. Like every you know, uh, was it month or every three months? You basically have to like finish what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I actually haven't played the original version of that, but it was apparently kind of imp- oppressive. Um, and then they ended up remaking Rorona and making it a little bit easier mm-hmm. um, in terms of like giving you more ability to do what you want. But there's still a time limit. And then Totori and Meruru both have a time limit, but they're a lot, a lot more lenient in the sense that it's not like, okay, every month you have to do something. It's more like, okay, we're going to check back with you after two years. Mm. So you kind of have, you have a lot of time to kind of go around and do what you want and uh, eventually get to where you're going. It's kind of sad because I know so much about this because I, I listen to a podcast where the the person loves the game and I, I watch them stream quite a bit of it. So like <laughs> I know more than I should know about it, but I just, it's, I don't, just don't think I could play yeah. one. Well, it's kind of interesting because the, the time mechanic was a pretty key, like integral part of that first trilogy. And then the second trilogy, the first two games both had the time mechanic. And then, um, the last game, they just kind of completely got rid of it. And then in Sophie, they put it back in a time mechanic, but it basically doesn't matter. Like, the only thing that are timed are side quests, mm. and everything else is not tied to the, the time system. Um, but they did, however, add, uh, like, day and night cycle, so the time does factor into the day and night cycle. Mm-hmm. It's also a weekly cycle, so certain characters, like, you know, one of the characters is really um, pious, and so it, on the weekends, she's always at church. So if you want to meet her, you got to go to the church on the weekends, but on the weekdays, she'll, you know, be in a different spot kind of thing, or... Or stuff like that. So, um, time the time stuff's no longer quite as like a big a mechanic in terms of a limiting factor. Now it's just more of a kind of a window dressing to make the world feel a little bit more like a world. What I was guess. the what was the uh, Atelier game right before this one? Uh, Atelier Shally. Okay, yeah, Shally. Because like uh, people that don't don't care about this game, go watch uh, Glenn's. Uh, stream of that one and look at the cop. He had he had one of them. Oh, in like, that was um, that was uh. I didn't think he streamed Shally. Yeah, he did stream. I guess he did stream Shally. Yeah, it was like a year ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so go watch that on YouTube or just go to the YouTube video. You don't have to watch it and look at the comments. <laughs> it's like comedy gold. I. I laughed so hard, I was in tears. Like there are some rabid, fa- rabid fans. I mean, and they are, they are freaking rabid. They need to be put down. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I laughed so hard. They were so offended at what he said, and I, oh my god, it was just awesome. Yeah, well, like go back to your Call of Duty or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really bad. Like they were, they were just laying into him and calling them every name in the book and stuff. Oh my god, it's, so, it's just hilarious. Oh, yeah, go go look at those comments. They're just they're they're comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say at least from like a RPG standpoint, Shally's probably a good starting point for some people just cuz it's the most traditional JRPG of the games. Like it's more it's more like what you would expect to get out of you know like a final fantasy 
like an older Final Fantasy, not a not one of the new like fancy ones. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of these times you'll have the flu or something. And I'll have to do one of a <laughs> review. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But yeah, like I said, it's a it's a series I love, but one that I will fully admit won't necessarily appeal to everyone. Yeah. And then uh, the one we were talking about earlier, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, which came out, uh, what was it, last Friday? Yeah, last Friday. Yeah, so I haven't played a whole lot of it yet just because I've been working on you know, a Zero Time Dilemma review and Atelier Sophie review. But I did manage to put in like two or three hours now. And I got to say, this game is the nuts. Like, it's supposed to be... Um, Shin Megami Tensei cross Fire Emblem, but it's more like mm-hmm. Persona cross Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I played maybe 40 minutes of it. I got to the the first part where all the magic stuff happens, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, this and this is on the Wii U, by the way, oh, so yeah. sorry, PlayStation people, but... <laughs> um, yeah, this is a pretty damn cool game. I mean, I can tell just from the the very first part of it, and and I I'm a humongous uh, Persona fan, so yeah, this is really really good. And they they actually incorporate the screen into the game, which is it, it's um it's just a little bit like uh, uh, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Because you have that, you have the phone in Catherine. She sends you all the photos, and you chat back and forth. Yeah, exactly. It has all that stuff. It's more in depth, though, and it's much. You know, there's much more stuff, and you, you use the stylus to choose your answer and stuff. And then you can go look at like, I mean, just in the first fifteen minutes, you can go look at past texts that you've had between you and these other characters. Yeah, it's just really neat. I just can't wait. I. I don't know. I might have to bump this up and try to play this some more. Yeah. No, it's really cool. And, um, I mean, combat's like kind of, you know, normal turn based, uh, combat. But, uh, well, it not, well, I mean, yeah, it's, but I, I was going to say it's, it's got like a lot of extra flair to like the way that your characters attack. And then there's, of course, like a combo system. So certain characters can kind of team up, uh, if they, if they meet certain requirements and, um, the thing that took me back was the different camera angles that they have. Oh, yeah. Like, when when you're doing the... I mean, it's not like a straight-up... Like, okay, when you're playing Persona, normally they're kind of gathered around. Uh, well, it depends on what, which one you're playing, but I think in the later ones they're kind of surrounding the enemies, and, they, and you kind of go kind of round-robin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of similar, but they... They turn the camera at like a forty-five degree angle, or like these weird angles, so it makes it look more. I mean, and it's turn-based, so it's not like you have to really hurry, but uh, it looks. It kind of makes it more. I don't know. I was kind of like anxious to take my next attack or something because of the way it was portraying this stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the um, I don't know, like the the characters the. I don't know, some of the characters' facial features aren't that pronounced, I guess, for, like, a next-gen game, but... Yeah, well, it is the Wii U. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of, like, colors and, like, um, character design, I, I think it's really solid. And the animations are really cool, too. So all that's 
I think I feel like a a home run. Yeah, and uh, I because I've never really even played an SMT game. Me neither. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone. I, and I, well, well, I know there. And, and it's like the, I know there's like a lot of cross pollination between it because they have the same. It's not really the same universe. Um, they have the same uh, spell names. Uh, you know how like Final Fantasy they have like Fire Aga and all those different weird names or whatever. Uh, SMT has the same thing. They have like Zio and um, that Zio is like yeah, Bufu is the ice. Ice and then Zio is the um, electricity and then um, I can't remember what the fire was, uh, but anyway they have like it's like Aji maybe yeah Ag- Aggie. Uh, yeah Agi or whatever yeah. so it's like you have and and like what's like what's the second tier one they go like Bufula and Zio something like that they have like a different yeah l- little regardless regardless yeah I. I do understand that they're like similar between the Persona series and the Shin Megami Tensei series, but also um, like the like I know in the SMT and the Persona games, <clears throat> the demons are kind of this. They have some of the same demons between the two. Yeah, so that's kind of the same too. Um, and I'm I'm not sure if SMT that's not really a dungeon crawler, is it? Like, like I said, I haven't played any of them, so I don't know. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and I was going to get SMT4 on the DS, but I've never played any of them. I just, and I know, I, I think you can just safely play it without not knowing anything, but I don't know. I just never did pick it up. And now they're coming out with a new one, so I don't know if I should, like, if it's the same game with some extra stuff or if it's completely different. So I know, pe- I know there's people that like SMT better than than persona yeah that's definitely true <laughs> and that's and i think it's they're happy right now because they're kind of bringing back the the main because smt is technically the main franchise yeah um and i did pick up um devil survivor and then the devil survivor overclock but i haven't played those and i know though i was looking at some of the screenshots and the demons are the same and and uh that one you're kind of hitting the demons off against each other, almost like a Pokemon, I think. <laughs> so, well, the the Pokemon Stress and uses all those uh, SMT like spells and stuff, but then it also adds the weapon types from fire from Fire Emblem, so the different like sword beating, spear kind of stuff. So it's actually kind of funny because the the enemies can be weak to a certain weapon and a certain like element. I don't know if you got far enough, but um. yeah, I, I, I mean, that's not going to mean anything to me because I've never played Fire Emblem, so I'm, it's not going to oh. resonate with me at all. So I don't know what, like, when they do that, I'll, I won't know what's what what it means. I, I but. think it actually in the Fire Emblem games, there's a like a tree for all that stuff, but I think in this game, from what I can tell so far, it's not like a, you know, this always beats this and this always beats this. It's more like each enemy can have a weakness to, you know, this item or that item or this element or that element so like you know as you as you fight them that's one of the cool things is it actually shows like their um weaknesses and resistances like on the screen where you're targeting them so Mm -hmm. then and it fills them in while you're fighting them too so if you attack them with you know a sword skill and 
they take extra damage, then next time you go to attack them, it'll say under their name, you know, weak to sword skills. And yeah. it'll show you that, you know, you're going to get, you know, bonus for attacking them with that. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, I only bought, I only fought that first fight so far, and uh, I can already tell it's going to be really nice. So, And of course, because it's Atlas, the menus are, like, really well designed, too. Yeah, right. Right now they're all like question marks for me. So all I can pretty much do right now is save. Oh yeah, but even like that that main screen where you have all the options, and then mm-hmm. it slowly fills in your party members and some of the support characters, and they're all like laying on the grass. And I was like, wow, that's like that's really cool. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess my only real complaint with the game from the f- couple hours I played is that sometimes when you want to do something, it's like. Oh hey, you can do that, but it's on the other screen. So I was like, like when you're doing the uh, enemy bestiary or whatever, like mm-hmm. I was clicking stuff on the top screen, going, "Where is it? Why, why can't I see it?" And then finally, I realized on the bottom of the screen it said, "Look at the gamepad." It's like, oh, I got to look at the gamepad to actually like see the enemy kind of thing, <laughs> or um, the uh, the phone thing. Like one time, I got a message on the phone, so I'm looking at the phone. And all of a sudden, the battle started because an enemy had popped up next to me, and I was, you know, futzing around on the gamepad. Well, the funny thing is, is that like it just keeps on freaking vibrating until you do something. So it's like you have to look. At yeah. It. <laughs> and then it's got that little icon, like near the bottom of the screen. It's like a little green, green and black disc or whatever that says "Look down" or something like that. But um, it was just weird because like. At, at least at the very beginning, the the screen's just blank white most of the time, until you start getting to a point like you can look at the map at any time. Yeah. Um, and then like when you first started on that dance club, you can't really look around like 360 degrees, like in all directions. But then when you get into the dungeon, you can. So I was kind of happy that you know, you know, it's just that was just that one setting and. That, that it prevented you from looking around. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, I was, uh, I wasn't sure what to think about this one when they first announced it, because like, I'm not a strategy RPG person. Mm -hmm. So when they said fire emblem and SMT, I'm like, Oh, I'm probably not going to like this game. Cause you know, depending on how they could have done it, um, you know, it's SMT, which I don't know much about. And then it's, uh, Fire Emblem, which I know nothing about except that it's a strategy game that I probably can't play. So then, when it came out and it's when they said, "Oh, it's more Persona-like and it's a it's a um, turn-based RPG," I'm like, "Oh, now all of a sudden I'm interested." Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat because like I never played SMT and I've played a couple of Fire Emblem games, but I've never been huge on that series. Then like I was you know watching some previews for for this game and I was like wow that actually looks really good and I also like the uh, the the subject matter is all about like um, idol singers in Japan which is something I enjoy so no you better play Yakuza Five because <laughs> <laughs> it's got a whole like twenty percent of the game where you're an idol singer and it's got your uh, rhythm game in there too okay. So. And didn't this, speaking of rhythm games, didn't it have something to do with rhythm games in this too? Or is that, am I dreaming that? Not that I'm aware of. okay. Somehow I thought that you had to do some kind of rhythm stuff because they got on stage and did stuff. But maybe I'm 
so far I got to a concert, but it wasn't like I had any input into it. It was just watching the the song and then. Okay, maybe that's happened. what I saw. Yeah, so they had the concert. I saw that. I saw some kind of little snippet about that, and I, I thought that there was gameplay involved. So I don't mm, know. maybe later on. I mean, the character that was dancing wasn't one of my party members, so. And I wonder if they'll have any more any more uh, SMT stuff. Like, will it have the demons or? Yeah, I don't know. Or will? And, I just wonder if the because the enemies didn't look. You know, the enemies weren't weren't SMT enemies that I could tell yeah i don't know where they came where the enemies are from i do know that like the like allies that your characters summon those are uh fire emblem characters Mm. so that's part of where like the fire emblem side comes in okay so the i guess spoiler alert so those people in red they are from fire emblem universe like when you freedom or whatever yeah well like you did your first battle and your your character um had that crom guy who showed mm-hmm. up and then they like kind of fused together and the one guy became the sword and your main character was fighting with him so Krom is the, the main character of one of the uh, Fire Emblem games yeah this game has so many little likenesses to other stuff like um, you know because I don't know anything about Fire Emblem so I didn't catch on to that but when he transformed that was almost kind of like the tales of um uh, Zestiria, hmm. similar to that. I mean, even the when he well, he had a sword, but um, it was very, very similar to the, to that same look. And then when they had the uh, the phone stuff, and he's in a club, and people are texting him and stuff, and he's walking around. That kind of reminded me a little bit of Catherine, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they had you know the turn based stuff, and that's kind of like Persona. So it's got kind of like a blend of Lots of different familiar stuff, but it's all new looking to me. <laughs> so it's definitely going to be definitely probably going to try to play more of that. One. Yeah, same here. And then you got the you got the collector's edition. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that was uh, CD soundtrack and a little art book, and then some DLC. Yeah, I mean, I I looked at that and I almost wanted to do it. But then I saw it's it's a sound selections. It's not the full thing. I think it only has like fifteen songs or less. It has thirteen songs, but mm-hmm. every other song is just the character like introducing the song. Oh, like hi, my name is so and so, and here's the next song. But it's all in Japanese, so I don't even know exactly what they're saying. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I mostly bought it because it was one of those like it was sold out, and then Amazon got it back in stock, and I was like, I'm gonna sell out again. Might sell it again. Okay, click buy. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I knew I wanted the game, so I just got the game. Plus, you know, it's sixty bucks or whatever, and then it's you get the twenty percent off. So it was kind of a cheap game for. Or is it sixty? I thought it was maybe cheaper than that. I don't. I don't know. But um, yeah. So I thought, oh, if I if I don't get the if I don't get the CE, then it's not um, then it's not like a full, you know, sixty dollar game. I can get it for cheaper and. I didn't see anything in there that that I really want, so... Yeah. Anyway, so that's our Wii U moment. <laughs> yeah, Wii U Nation. So I guess our next... Oh, so, um... Yeah, and I don't really have much, like... So is there anything else you want to talk about, or...? Eh, that's probably about it. Yeah, I played just 
like a teeny tiny bit of Stranger of Sword City before I went on vacation. And, um, yeah, it's still a really good game. I, I do want to get through it. I, I got much, much farther than I, I had been before on it. So, um, definitely a good game. I, I really like the, uh, the, the way that the, you have like a choice of three, uh, factions you can help. And then like, they give you certain, like, you'll, you'll come to a dilemma where like one of these, you know, if you help one of these factions, you'll get uh, like a certain attack or something. Mm -hmm. And then like, sometimes the person you don't want to help has the attack you really want. So you kind of have to begrudgingly help them. So (laughs) I like, I like how they do that. So, (laughs) but anyway, I'm not going to rehash that. So I guess that's all I have. Um, because we can take our break now. All right. Unless you got anything else. Nope. Um, did go grab a beverage. So. All right. Well, folks, we will be back in a bit. Okay, we're back, and we're back from break, and we're going to go into what we're watching. Um, I I actually got a, some more time to play more of the um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE on the Wii last night. Um, played it till like about 1 o'clock, or maybe it was like... 130 or two and I actually got more into the into the dungeon stuff so are you like on chapter one or two or three um I'm on chapter two because I oh so you already passed me wow okay yeah so um I guess minor spoilers I'm not gonna really go too much into it but they did get a third character now did you get to the oh yeah I figured yeah I only have t- yeah I have three characters but yeah, okay. Because that, that happens at the end of the prologue. Yeah. And, like, it, it kind of... The way that the screen looks, um, you can tell that there's room for, like, a third character because it's, like, it's, like, these triangles. It, like, divides this, the screen in the th- into th- um, three-thirds, and there's, like, each one's a triangle, and it shows the the chick and the guy, and then there's, like, a blank spot. So I figured, okay, they're going to get another guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I fought like this big boss and then it starts I guess that's when the real game starts and I I explored that dungeon some more and yeah I, I just like the more I played it it's like God, this really is an awesome game I'm just excited to play it I think it's gonna kind of trump some of my other games that are waiting for me but <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well and and since uh we recorded the first half yesterday since that happened I got uh Grand Kingdom limited edition came in, but I haven't even stuck it in my PS4 yet. But. Yeah, I just got that today, I, and I, I'll have the review later. But yeah, I, I looked at the, uh, I looked at the um, contents of it. Did you get, did you get the big, big one with the pins and all that stuff, or did what did you get? Uh, I got 
something on Amazon. There was no pins in it. It was just like the book and the soundtrack, some okay. stickers. Yeah, I think it's called the Grand Edition. That's the one you have to get from Nisa. And uh, that has, like, little metal pins, and I think it's got pins or some little things, like special stuff. And uh, it it was just one of those situations where I I thought about it, and I was like, well, extra money is just not worth it. So Yeah, that Amazon 20% off is too good. Yeah. I mean, my corners are a little bit crushed, so that's one of the prices you pay, but... I don't yeah. really care too much about that. I ordered it with um, Star Ocean, so that came in too, and I think that kind of helped brace it against getting the corners messed up. So mine seems all right. Yeah, they're really getting bad about that, you know, shipping these limited editions in those bubble wraps. Like, these kind of need some, like, those cardboard, at least the ones that's like a cardboard thing over them, or my, like a miniature little box. But I'm not going to send it back. It's It's not as bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, I did send one of my games back recently to Amazon because it was really dented. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I just send it back and they sent me a new one. It wasn't too big of a deal. but Yeah, they're really good about it. I mean, you can you can open the... I guess you can open it and, and uh, play the game while you're waiting. Well, you had to send the game back. That's true, but I think, like, the one time they just said I could keep the game because I couldn't do anything with it. So oh. I ended up selling my extra copy on eBay and getting more money. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Like, Anywho, like, yeah. Yeah, so um, there was like a, a section in this, uh, the Tokyo Mirage sessions, how we were talking about, uh, well, I was I was kind of saying it's got some com- components to like several games, like almost like that Tales of uh, Zestiria where they do the transformation and uh, I was fighting this boss, and then one of the guys comes in and does does this thing that was very, very similar to Final Fantasy thirteen. I can't remember who the the black guy's name is, but Saz. Uh, yeah, doesn't he have like a race car or something? And like his whole, uh, I thought the summons, all of the summons in that game were like motorcycle ish things. Okay, yeah. Well, I just know they like they come in there, and then they're like the the wheels are spinning and they're doing their stuff and something like that happened on this one and i was like i just was just thinking back to what we were talking about uh yesterday so and then i got more into the dungeon and then it's it's pretty neat um did you do any of the dungeon stuff like you know how you can slash with your sword and stuff in the dungeon or yeah yeah that's pretty standard well i mean like at least it kind of weakens the enemy, and then you can attack them. And I, I'm I'm leveling up pretty well. I mean, like pretty quickly it seems, and I'm I maxed out some of my characters. Yeah, it's kind of weird how quickly you max out like the I forget what they call them, their performer or whatever. Because mm-hmm. like by the end of the prologue dungeon, I had maxed out two of my characters, and then you know of course they give you that tutorial where you can you can change the one of them. But I didn't have enough material to change the other one, so. Now I'm going through this other dungeon, and it's kind of like I feel like I'm wasting a bunch of uh, experience because what's her name? Oribe? Ori- um, She's not getting anything right now. <laughs> I'm terrible with the names. But, yeah, I really like how they do that follow-up attacks. Like if you if you hit a weakness, and then you, they've got um, their skill on the session skill, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, if you do that skill, then they'll kind of yell out to you that, if you choose that, they're going to do a follow-up attack. I thought that's really cool. And I got somewhere, like, all three people are 
doing these attacks, and it just devastates these enemies. Yeah. It's just a really great game. I'm just so pleasantly surprised with that. So, anyway, I just want to talk a little bit more about it, because I finally got to really get into it yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess we can go into what we're playing, or what we're watching. So, I guess you can go first if you want. Um... I can, or you're going to do the review of Grand Kingdom after this, so maybe I, maybe you should go first, and then I'll do mine, and then... Okay, that's cool. So, I finished up <laughs> uh, Dimension W. I really liked that um, that anime. That was a really good... I really liked how the, the whole ending and everything worked out, so... Really? Uh, I, I was a little bit tepid on the ending. I mean, it wasn't bad, but... Yeah, but it it, it kind of gave everything kind of closure, so I was happy enough with it. I I don't want to go into any spoilers. I mean, it, it wasn't like the best ending where you know everyone could be whatever revived or whatever. But well, I wasn't expecting that. But I, just I don't know. The show was was I felt a lot stronger in the first couple of episodes than it was in the middle or the end. Mm. But maybe that was just me. Well, overall, I think it, I liked it a lot. So it was an interesting. Yeah. Uh, interesting idea, and they they carried it out pretty well. And you know, I I don't know. I I like how it ended out where he's doing his stuff still, and I think it was pretty nice. But yeah. Um, and then I watched like maybe one or two episodes of My Hero Academia, or is it Academia? I can't really. I don't know. They don't even. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't watched it myself. So yeah, it's like about a guy who. Um, like somehow everybody or not everybody, but like the majority of people in the world, like all of a sudden become pretty much like mutants or whatever. They get all superpowers and then there's like a bunch of people that don't have it. And then like these bad people have superpowers and then they're terrorizing everybody. And then, you know, the hero people step up and they're fighting in the middle of the street and stuff. And, like, the main character really, really wants to be a superhero, but he doesn't have the powers. And I, I didn't get too much farther than that. I, he, like, met his idol or whatever, and there's some deal going on with that. Um, they, they kind of alluded to maybe he's not a mutant either, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting. I It wasn't... It didn't grab me. I mean, I might watch a couple more episodes to see, but I don't think this one's going to really grab me. Oh, really? Huh? I don't know. I mean, I've been, I've been like, you know, not liked something, and then I just kind of give it another shot, and then end up really liking it. So this might happen with this, but just for for right now, just watching like the first episode or two, it's not really grabbing me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I hear good things about it, but I just not when I've I've started. I mean, maybe the character gets more developed and stuff, and then he's badass, but who knows. <laughs> um, and then I got, um, my Blu-ray came in for Boy and the Beast, and then The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. So I watched that on Blu-ray for the first time, and really liked that still. You know, the Blu-ray for the first time, you've seen the movie before. Yeah, I saw it on DVD. I, ha- I own the DVD, so i got to sell that. <laughs> but um, That's a, such a great movie. Yeah. It was... I just kind of had forgot. I knew I really liked it, but I kind of forgot about all you know some of the intricacies of it and uh, rewatched it. And I really liked that movie, so that's definitely one to get on Blu-ray. It was out of print for what two years or three years? 
uh, something like that. I thought the Blu-ray like just recently came out. Well, yeah. So like, yeah, I, think some... I think Bandai went out of business, and then I guess the rights were up in limbo. And like Funimation got Summer Wars, and they got uh, some other movie that he did. And then I guess they just recently got the rights to the, or maybe they had to. I don't know what happened with it, but the Blu-rays were really hard to find. They were like two hundred and fifty dollars online. Mm. And all I managed to do is get the DVD. I was at this um, uh, Japanese uh, grocery store, and they had like a little Japanese bookstore um, and attached to it. It's called well, the grocery store is called Iwajimaya, but I can't remember what the what the bookstore's is that, name is. Uh, Kino Kunia, something like that. I I thought it started with a K, but I don't know. Oh, likely what it is. It's a it's a chain um, in Japan, and then there's like. No, a dozen locations in the U.S. They're usually pretty good about having stuff. Yeah, they got a lot of figurines, a lot of manga. They have lots of English manga too, and um, I actually got like a Persona Four um, figurine there. And they always have those like Zelda books that you know the hardbound ones, and they have the Japanese version of them and. They have a ton of stuff like that, so I always go in there to just look around, see what they got, and um, I picked up the DVD. I ended up getting the DVD there for like twenty five dollars or whatever, and it was going for like I think like fifty bucks online because it was even the DVD I think was out of print, mm. and then you could find the the region B or was it region. Two or whatever uh, Blu-rays, like the UK version, you could find those everywhere online for like sixteen dollars. But of course, they don't work. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm so happy this came out on Blu-ray. I snatched it up, and I think it was like only like twenty dollars. Nice. So, I would seriously consider doing that because I do like that movie, and I only have the DVD. But, uh, I did notice that the uh, live-action version of that movie is on. Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. And I, and it's, it. I knew it was named the same, but I just didn't know if it was really the same thing or not. Uh, so I guess I'll... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think it's... The, I don't know if they're both like adapted from the same thing or hmm. or what, but I, I'm pretty sure they're related in some manner or another. And I just saw that it was on there. I haven't actually watched it yet, so... Yeah, heck of it's free. I might as well give it a watch. Yeah, exactly. And then um, I, I'm still blazing along with Yu Yu Hakusho. I, I usually watch it while I'm eating dinner, so I'll watch like one one or two episodes at a time. And I'm, I think I'm finally almost to the end of that whole uh, spirit, uh, whatever fighting tournament. tournament. <clears throat> I'm kind of I'm kind of done with this tournament. I hope it's over, and I want to see new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was about as far as I watched. Um... Because I was kind of like going through it at one point, but I want to say like right after that it does switch up and it's not a tournament. Like that one um, guy from earlier in the series, the black hair, he comes back. Oh, black hair. God, I can't remember. His, I can't remember what his name is, but I know he was like insanely popular with the female fans of the show. Hmm. So that was part of the reason why he came back. Okay, well, I don't remember him. I, I know the they had. God, I just have a mental block when I'm trying to think of names, but. <laughs> he's like a little short guy with spiky hair he's yeah yeah that guy yeah okay yeah it's god damn i hate this i have to look it up it's uh <laughs> it starts with an h i, I mean he I see it. yeah he a damn it yeah. i don't know why i was thinking hubei or hubei or something that's like a city in china <laughs> um 
Yeah, Hiei, but he was there, he's been, oh yeah, yeah, he beat him, and then they brought him, yeah, you're right, I kind of forgot about that, so, anyway, spoilers, like, he comes back. <laughs> well, it's and not he, like he was dead or something, he just was not around. Well, he was an enemy at first, because, like, he got, he fought him, and then beat him, and then, you know, he's back on their team, and. Yeah, well, that's, that's how all the shonen shows go. How many, <laughs> how many Dragon Ball Z villains end up becoming allies, you know? Uh, I don't think Ooh, Cell or Frieza. I guess okay. Oh, yeah. But, but uh, Cell and Frieza, they never did. Yamcha. Well, those are just like, I, I don't know, like Cell and Frieza, they, they never came over to the Yeah, I'm not side. saying all of them do, but yeah. certainly a good number. They're like, hey, I beat you, now you're on my side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess, and, and uh, Piccolo... Because he was like a bad guy in the first, in the original Dragon Ball. Yeah. Yeah, I like Dragon Ball. <laughs> I so. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's all I've been watching. So why don't you take over? Uh okay. So uh, I've been finishing up the shows from the spring season. Um, so I was still watching Macross, Delta, and Cabinary uh, um, of the Iron Fortress. Um, which that was another show that like I really liked it early on, and then it kind of slowly went to like, eh, it's okay kind of territory. So mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still watching it. And I think there's just one episode left in the season of uh, Cubinary, but uh, it's kind of gone into a weird place and not quite as cool as it was when I first started watching it. But uh, and then two of the other shows I was watching this season, um, one of them is called Flying Witch. Uh, it's kind of a really laid back show um about uh, a girl who's a witch obviously and just kind of like her daily life she's living with a um sib- not a sibling like a um i guess it's her nephew and uh he's not you know magical or anything so she's just kind of living and chilling it's there's a weird kind of genre in anime that i don't really feel like has an analog in western media that uh, they call the slice of life mm. and uh it's kind of just like not really plot heavy. It's more like character based. So yeah. it's kind of hard to explain flying witch without, I mean, talking about the, the character specifically, but I don't know. It's really cool. It's, it's, it's one of those shows that I always like feel good after watching it. So like that, that's really popular right now though. Right. Cause I think I see a lot of people talking about that's, um, flying witch. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of fans. Um, cause I think it was, it was uh, a show that a lot of people enjoyed this season. Somehow, I, like every time I, I see that flying witch, I think of that that one called Strike Witches. <laughs> that show is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty. Cr- I showed my friend that, and we were just laughing our asses off because they just show like all the camel toe and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that. That show was like a war on pants or something. Yeah. Not really, but uh, the, whoever designed the characters in that show didn't like their characters wearing pants, so none of them wore pants. It's freaking hilarious. Like, just the stuff they do. And they turn when they turn into those, like, uh, is it cats or foxes or something? Like, the tail comes out, and they do all this weird shit, and they have, like, these, these really bizarre things on their feet to fly around with little propellers on the end. They look like missiles with propellers on them, and it makes them look really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that was never a show I was able to get into. <laughs> yeah, I watched maybe, maybe like five or six episodes of it just for the novelty of seeing it. <laughs> uh, so like the so the strike or the um, flying witch is she just like the a traditional witch with a broom or does she just fly or? Yeah, so she's like a lot of like what you traditionally think of like a witch with a, a broom and everything, but obviously she's like you know teenager kind of thing mm-hmm. um and she's like an ap- apprentice to her um i guess they, they don't really go a whole lot into how one trains to become a witch but she has to do some kind of like living out in the world thing and so that's what she's doing she's living with her with her nephew and his family and uh or not nephew cousin why like way off there i'm <laughs> mm-hmm. um, living with her cousin and his family and uh yeah, it's it's really laid back and not like very plot heavy. So, hmm. but it's 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 really it's kind of fun and occasionally there, there's some good jokes in it and um, the characters are all pretty endearing. So, kind of what I want out of a slice of life show. Yeah, sounds interesting. I mean, one of my favorite movies is that Kiki's Delivery Service. So it sounds like a tiny bit like that. But oh yeah, I, I can see that. And then um, another show this season. That uh, I was actually halfway through the the last episode when you when we started recording. Um, it's I call it Neto Gay, which is short for Net Game, mm-hmm. um, because the full title is "And You Thought There Was Never a Girl Online," <laughs> um, because it's about some high school kid who's playing a um, MMO, and he proposes to someone to like marry in the game, and then the person's like, "Actually, I'm a dude, so I don't want to marry you." <laughs> so he like he's like, oh, I'm never going to marry anyone again. Well, then he ends up like joining this guild, and he meets a bunch of other characters. And it turns out that uh, one of them is a female, and she falls in love with him. But she also has trouble distinguishing between the real world and the game world. <laughs> so um, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a comedy about like people playing a an MMO, and they're trying to help this one girl um, distinguish between the the. <laughs> real game in the MMO and yeah <laughs> that's probably more realistic than you would think to be honest <laughs> well the, it, it's realistic in the fact that like the seems like there were a lot of like male characters but then there's actually a surprising number of females playing the game too well I, I was thinking like on the angle that I think there are people that are almost kind of too infatuated with a game and then they they're almost like it's their whole life. Yeah. Well, like this character, she, she, because she married him in the game, then in real life she considers him, you know, her husband. And then he, spoilers, slowly develops feelings for her and, of course, like tries to ask her out on a date. And she's like, why would we go on a date? Aren't we already married? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, we have to actually get married in real life. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's pretty fun and, you know, it's got a lot of... Uh, Things that people who've played MMOs can identify with. One of the characters gets their account hacked, and oh, um, the the last arc that the episode that I was watching was about uh, them doing like some PvP aspect to the game and stuff like that. So, oh, I guess one of the best characters is one of the, the person who ends up like becoming the leader of their group is the the person who like um, has a ton of money and just spends it all on the game. So, like, they'll go into a dungeon and she'll pull out, like, all of these uh, premium items. 
And the rest of the guild's like, please stop using all your premium items. You're just <laughs> making us feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. So, yeah. And then uh, I bought the second half of um, Shiro Bako recently. And that's an anime about anime. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, it, it follows um, this girl who works making anime. And uh, she's specifically like a like an episode director, so um, like trying to keep keep things moving and making sure the episode gets produced. But it's a, a really cool show because it actually kind of goes a lot in depth into how modern anime are made and all the different steps that are a part of it. And it's not only good at telling all that, but it's actually telling like a pretty good story because um, it's about like this the studio. Her studio was. You know, once a pretty big studio, and then they had a huge flop of a show, and now they're kind of like slowly coming back, and they're you know working through all these problems with the shows that they're they're trying to make and stuff like that. But it's a really good show, and um, it's one I highly recommend. Have you bought this one, or yeah? So I bought the first half of it. Um, I think that came out like late last year, and then the second second half just came out last month, or yeah, like a couple weeks ago. Hmm. So. Um, it's like it's actually a full twenty six episodes, and everyone who watched it's like, man, when are they gonna do a second season? Because they really want one. <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. But it, yeah, it's it's got a lot of the kind of like normal anime stuff because um, the girl went to high school with um, a few other people, and they all did like an animation club when they were in high school, and so now it's you know a few years after that, and they're all trying to get jobs in the industry. So it's kind of got that like trying to follow your dreams and everything, but. Uh, um, it's a little bit more grounded. Like the one character who's trying to become a voice actress is like really finding it hard, like actually getting a gig. Which is, you know, you think of a, a show where normally something like that would be like, oh, you know, they failed, but then immediately they succeed or whatever. Whereas this character like doesn't seem to get a break as much. Hmm. But yeah, it's a really good show. I, I recommend it. Is it streaming anywhere, or is it? I guess I guess so, right? Uh, I don't know actually. I, it might be, but. Um, did you just like buy it blind or how did you like discover it? I watched it when it was airing, oh, okay. but I wasn't, I wasn't watching it streaming at the time. Okay. I got you. Uh, and then, yeah, I bought the, bought the Blu-rays. Cool. And then one that I did watch streaming, um, was one that was, came highly recommended to me. It was called, uh, Your Lie in April, which is, um, I guess kind of a drama or romance show, uh, about a, a kid who's, a uh, piano player, and um, he ends up meeting this girl. He like before the sh- before the show starts, his um, mother passed away, and it kind of like turned him away from playing the piano. So he meets this girl who's a really really good uh, violinist, and she kind of like inspires him to start getting back into piano playing. Hmm. Um, so it was really highly recommended, and I did like as I was watching, I was really enjoying it, and then as I finished it, I realized that it was one of those shows that I was kind of glad I was watching it all streaming because thinking back i'm like man that show was like kind of badly paced actually (laughs) like you realize that uh they spent like three episodes on a single concert kind of thing and it's it's like um i wonder if i would have been like quite as high on the show if i was watching it week to week and had to wait you know okay nothing happened this episode i mean not nothing happened but like really slow like kind of thing but I mean, in general, I thought it was pretty good, and 
I like the characters and I like the the way that the the show went. So yeah, that's why I like to just watch shows after they're already out on like Blu-ray or something because it's just. I like to binge watch stuff when I get chances, and it's kind of nice to just not have to wait. And I don't know. I just got so used to just watching stuff on, on, like Blu-ray or whatever, and then now I can just stream a lot of them. But yeah, <laughs> so it's definitely. I, don't know. I go back and forth. There's definitely some shows that I I enjoy watching week to week. It's especially fun to watch them week to week when you have people to talk to them about. Yeah. Um. So, like, when I used to go on 4chan a lot, it was kind of fun to, to jump into threads there and just, like, start discussing, you know, the latest week's episode of, of this or that other thing. And I feel like that really kind of bolstered my appreciation for a few shows that I I maybe was, like, enjoying, but because I was sitting there, you know, chatting about all these theories about where it was going to go, I would end up enjoying the show even more. Yeah. But then at the same time, sometimes it's nice, like, when something ends in a cliffhanger, then you just boot up the next episode. All right, now I can find out what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I also like how there's no commercials. It's just so funny now, like, because <clears throat> it it does their little, anim like animation before the commercial, and then it's like two seconds or not even a millisecond, and then they got the return one. And so, <laughs> yeah, that would just kill me if I would have had to watch that on broadcast TV with a stupid. Like, they, they like end it like on a cliffhanger, and then you got to watch all those damn commercials. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's nice watching on stuff like you know, I've been watching Cabaneri, um on Amazon, so you know, no no commercials or anything for that. So, so now that that's usually like when I'll just pause the show and then go to the bathroom or get another drink or something, <laughs> and then I can just come right back and then <laughs> hit play. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. I have I have actually a couple more Blu-rays that I bought recently that have been sitting here that I'm gonna sit down and watch, but. Haven't had a chance to do that yet because E3 and all that jazz. Yeah, I got a pile of stuff. <laughs> I got that Torico or whatever. I, I got both both of those, and then I I wanted to watch um, uh, the that whatever AO or Eureka Seven. Yeah, yeah. It's like so <laughs> terrible. I just all I remember is the AO. So I, I I haven't watched the AO part. I heard it's not as good, but I still wanted to watch it. Nah. So I got that, and I got all those, all those Dragon Ball movies. I should probably watch. And uh, I need to get back on the One Piece. My buddy loves to talk about it, and I'm still like Amazon had this big box set because uh, I was buying them, you know, as they would come out, or maybe like a couple months later when they dropped to like seventeen bucks a piece or so. Mm -hmm. And I'm not buying the. Um, you know, like season X, Voyage Y, or whatever. I'm just buying the collections where they'll have like I think it's normally like a hundred episodes in a collection, or maybe either fifty or fifty or a hundred. I can't remember. Hmm. And um, I just buy those. The last time I bought uh, eleven, twelve, thirteen. No, no, I I have up to twelve. So I bought uh, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve, and then I stopped. And then I was gonna. I've, I uh, saw on Amazon they had this special Amazon box set where they had all those, and then they also had like some, some like posters and some other stuff. And I was like kind of kicking myself because it was not only cheaper than buying each individual one, you also got that swag. So <clears throat> I was pretty, 
pissed, so I'm like, okay, well, this time I'm going to wait, and I'm I'm hoping it comes out, but I keep searching for it. Like, every every couple of weeks, I'll search for One Piece uh, Treasure Box 4, and it, it never comes <laughs> out, so. They're on to you. They're like, oh. And they have released, <laughs> well, they have released uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16 already, so it's just a matter of time. If they're going to do it, it should be soon, so I'm... Even though I could stream them, I just kind of want to get those and then watch them. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you want to jump on to your uh, review of Grand Kingdom? Yeah. So the review uh, actually went up today, so you can read it. Um, But I'll just go through the game. Um, So this one is a uh, tactical, mostly a tactics RPG uh, turn-based and I like originally when I saw it, I was kind of afraid it was a strategy RPG, and um, I didn't think I'd be reviewing it. But then you went to E3, and then so it was like it got. I think we got our copy like the day, like a day or two before you guys were leaving anyway. So yeah, well, and then Josh was uh, commenting because you sent him the post about you know because he he does that initial post. Mm-hmm. He's like he sent me this while I'm at E3. He realizes it's not going to go up right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I just, I, I don't know, somehow I just didn't get time to send it. So, like, and I don't think he, I I knew that even though I got, even if I got it done by the, by the embargo, he's not going to be able to edit it while he's at E3 anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. So I figured, oh, let's not, I might as well just send it now, and then I found out that the, uh, the retail copy didn't come out till today anyway so i mean you could have got the the digital copy like last week yeah i think it just got delayed because they had some like packaging issues so digital came out last week but then the uh physical came out this week so if i ever jump on online it's gonna be way behind everyone well like i was saying like you know i just i had it early and there was already people that were i i never got even on the top or anything. It's just like, there's these people that, I don't know, they must just sit there and play it all day because they're like way, way advanced. <laughs> um, was the guy at the top of the uh, list, was his name uh, Trump 2016? No, it was like Neats, I don't know what that's from. Oh, okay. During the, during the beta, there was some guy whose name was Trump. <laughs> I, I had to laugh at that. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Did he make uh, Grand Kingdom grand again? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he got to the top by putting up a wall or something. I don't know. Yeah, he walled everyone else off, and that's how he was able to steal the whole game, like get all the <laughs> top scores. Yeah. So anyways, um, anyway, everyone, I guess if you've been listening to the podcast like uh, the last two, I'm, I'm just not a good strategy RPG player, and I just generally don't like them. Uh, I try to play them, and I just suck so bad. It's just not fun. Like that's why I could never get into Disgaea because it's too strategy stuff for me, and that's why I'm not interested in um, uh, Fire Emblem. So, mm-hmm. uh, but this one is really—I don't think there's really any strategy at all. It's mostly tactics. I mean, there might be a little tiny bit of strategy, but but basically. Um, the whole plot of the game is that there was this this Ulian Empire that uh, fell like a hundred years ago or something like that, and uh, now this continent of Resnail is 
has like four major superpowers that control the continent and they're always fighting each other. And I guess their their armies are so weak they have there's like you're like this mercenary group that's kind of in the central area of the continent and they they hire you and you're you're not you know you can you can uh contract yourself out to any of them and fight for them. And so um that's the whole plot of it. And then uh those the previous empire that ruled the continent before they're I guess they're trying to come back cuz I I didn't do too many of the story quests. I did like maybe 5 of them. I got so wrapped up in all the rest of the game. I barely even touched the the story stuff. So Oh wow. <laughs> Because this one's addicting. I mean, they they it's they said it's like an asynchronous multiplayer MMO, and I it's not really too MMO ish, but it kind of is. But it does have those things where, you know, you can just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, you start out the game. You uh, you have like four characters right away, and then you do a tutorial on how to play the you know how to progressive the map how to attack and do all this stuff and um then you lose those characters and then you have to you know hire brand new ones so you get in there and then you i was amazed like how many different classes there are there's like 17 different classes and some of them are just really neat i i love the art style of this game uh they just have that cool little look to them all and then just the way they you know you can customize them to a point you can change their outfit color, uh, their skin color, uh, their voice, and then hair color and hairstyle. And then they've got like tons of different weapons and stuff. And it's it's just really neat the way that they drew the weapons and you know all the different things that happen. So, um, like they have like a like a rogue, which is like a kind of like a ninja that has like two knives. And it's usually a woman. And uh, then they have like these giant, um, these blacksmith characters. It's it's a, like a lady character with this giant, giant um, hammer she uses. And then there's like a dark knight with two swords. And then there's like a fighter and a magician and the alchemist and like a... Not, not a, it's like a witch doctor, I guess. And she's got like a flying skull that, that's like floating in the palm of her hand and like rotating. It's just really cool. So then there's like tons more. There's like ones that ride on the back of a dragon. And then there's like a medic that throws, like, so the medic is kind of cool. Um, not only do they heal, but they also have like an acid attack where they throw like a bottle of acid at the person and it hurts them. So I mean, that was that one was like, like none of the, none of those other ones were in the beta, but the the medic was in the beta. Yeah, I remember that one. So I thought it was kind of cool. Normally those medics are so gimped, but those like if you build them up, the, the, they're pretty powerful. Like some of the enemies, like one acid hit kills them, and then like later on you get these poison, um, like these little splotches of poison that covers up the swim lane and stuff and then you when they step on it they get poisoned so they she's got Mm -hmm. like lots of attacks so um you basically have to hire the characters so like after you do the i think it starts you off with like maybe a thousand gold or maybe a little bit more maybe two thousand gold and then uh they give you a discount for the first four characters you get so it's like i think they're like three or four hundred 
gold to to uh, get them, and you can pretty much you don't even have to stick with the the classes that you had when you started it. So, um, and you only get like a choice of like six different people, and it's all randomized. So you you can't really pick which class you want. You kind of have to take what you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you get your first troop, and like each troop has uh, four characters in it. Unless you have a mounted character, and then they take up two slots, so you can then you can only have three. Or I guess if you have two two uh, beast riders, then it's just you only get two of them. So you start out, and you the map looks kind of like um, you can turn on and off the little grid lines, so it's more organic looking. You know, the you just follow the paths, and they're all windy; they're not straight lines. Or you can turn the grid lines on, and it shows, you know where the next step is going to place you and you know if you're about to hit an enemy or something or or if you're going to get on like a uh when you're in line for one of those armory things that's going to attack you Mm. um so you pretty much like the like each quest they'll give you like an objective and you'll have like a little like there's like different kind of quests like some of them are like uh defensive quests where you have to it's kind of like a, a castle defense, but you have three positions you got to defend. Then there's like enemies that are walking along, and then you have to kind of calculate, you know, how many steps does this enemy have to get to the to get to your flag? And if they touch your flag, that you you automatically lose that that quest. You got to start over. Um, so I guess that's maybe where the strategy comes comes into play, uh, because you know some of the like you'll be almost to one of the enemies, and then this other enemy will come out from, like, let's say you're, like, on the far northwest of the of the map, and then, like, some enemy will appear on the southeast, but he'll have, like, extra speed. So you have to, you have to make a decision, do I want to attack this character that's next to me, or do I need to get my butt over to them and, like, protect them, you know, protect that position over there? Yeah. So it's just really, that... It was a little bit frustrating for me because, well, there is some things where you can slow them down. Uh, you get like a choice of like uh, these load loadouts of items, and you can't you can't um, you can't customize them. So you'll have like a mercenary loadout, and they've got like maybe some healing stuff, and then I, I can't remember what it's really geared towards. I guess it's more like healing and stuff. And then you got one that's like an item collector loadout where it lets you warp the treasure chest and that stuff. And then there's like a tactical one, and that one has ones where you can warp to enemies and slow enemies down and stuff. So if you don't bring the right one, you're going to be kind of screwed. So I guess that's where the strategy part comes in. And there was some very frustrating ones. Like there's like these ones where you're trying to infiltrate the enemy's uh, stronghold. So if you touch an enemy on the board, you're, you fail. <laughs> so you have to time everything just right. And I could, there was somewhere I could, no matter what the hell I did, like you can choose to, you can choose to speed up and slow down your movement or you can wait and you can wait and let the enemies advance. And I, I went through that three or four times and I just could not do it. So I can't even do those quests. <laughs> um, but the good thing is, is that if you get a bunch of quests you can't do, you can you can reset the quests every so often, so uh, that helps. 
so there's like these single player quests and they just have all randomized uh like most of them are like you're trying to deliver supplies or something and you'll have to get from these uh these outposts so you'll you know you travel along and you you only have so many steps you can take and um you can you can make the you can change the difficulty of the of the map by lowering the amount of steps that you can take to make it tougher and um, if you run out of steps and you just fail the quest so you have to make sure like if there's a treasure chest over there you got to make sure like oh if i divert to go down this path to get that treasure am i going to screw myself later so you always have to make a decision like that and then there's like there's hazards on the screen so you sometimes you'll have these skills your characters will have field skills where they can clear the disaster or some of them you can you can choose to wait it out and it'll take three turns and then you can pass and some of them you can't get past so you have to you pretty much get up to me and you got to turn around so uh there's that stuff and they so they have the single player quests like that and then they have these versus quests where it's not you're not playing against any players you're just playing against npcs but you're competing against them so there is one where they have all these cannons and stuff spread out and your goal was to take down as many cans as you can before the other uh teams got to them or, and stuff like that and then there's like the regular story quests and then there's ones where it's just all open-ended you can just explore the map and then gather resources and stuff and it'll the resources have like a little gauge on them so before you go in there it'll tell you which maps have the resources back uh filled up so you'll want to like go to those and the later the later maps unlock as you gain levels so the enemies also on those boards are are uh higher levels so you have to that's what you have to watch out for too and then on those also the the exploration ones um they have these uh can't remember the like bounties or whatever so there's like three or four special pieces on the board that you have to uh, they have, like, super tough enemies, but you get, like, extra golden resources for fighting them. So that's, like, another little thing they got. And then the the actual battles. So you're kind of on this linear uh, screen, and it's maybe, like, it's two-dimensional. And it's maybe, like, four screens worth of level, I guess. So, you know, you can... You mean, like, you mean like depth-wise? depth There's, like... Well, for, like, on the... Uh, on the x axis it's like maybe four screens long oh yeah so it's like a corridor like four screens long and then there's um the depth part like the z part is like uh they got these three swim lanes on it so basically you can only travel along three different paths and you can you can jump between them yeah and then like every step you take takes your movement uh gauge down until you can't move anymore and then you get like one attack basically so in that in that respect, it's like a little bit similar to Valkyria Chronicles because you can only go so far and then you get an attack and then you're done and then it's the next person's move. Yeah. But you can you can take as long as you want and you also have to worry about where you're where you stopped you know or or if you're guarding or not. So there's those things. So like every class has their own little attack. Uh, fighters, you basically. You can switch the controls for different ones to be, like, simple or more complex. 
So if you want to map like one attack to each button, you can have a technical like that. And then if you want a simple one, you basically map four attacks to like the circle button. And then you have like, you can hold the triggers down and then it gives you a couple extra attacks. So fighters generally, they, they can move faster and like they can go a little bit further and, you know, they'll have, like, four attacks, and then a lot of them will do this automatic guard, so that's kind of nice. Then in the medics, I, I already kind of went into that. They can throw, like, a bottle of healing to heal your character, uh, or they can throw acid on the enemies to hurt them. And, like, the you also have to worry about, like, not only your attack, you have to worry about the range of your attacks, because it's really easy to hit your uh, your. It's easy to do friendly fire on this game. Yeah, I noticed that in the beta. It was, like, the, one of the first times I used one of my, like, archers. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can hit that enemy. And then I didn't realize that I was also doing damage to my ally. <laughs> uh, yeah, it always gets me. I have this, like, Dark Knight. And there's one there's one um, attack where, like, if he's standing in the middle swim lane and hitting an enemy, like, right in front of him... He'll also do damage to the people in the other two swim lanes. <laughs> so, you know, usually I have my, my characters up there and it'll hit them and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so I finally had to remap his skills to turn that off and, like, you know, map it to a button where I explicitly hit that one. So, like, if if I send him out into the middle of a bunch of enemies, he can hit them all. Yeah. So, you know, it's you can really get technical with this game. I mean... It's got lots of ins and outs to it. And I just love, like, all the variation of all the different attacks and the new powers you get. And I just got so addicted to try to leveling up because I just want to know what's next. Like, what new power do they are they going to get? So that's why I didn't really do much of the story. Oh, yeah. Huh. So, so in addition to all that, then there's the multiplayer stuff. That's kind of like... Uh, it's. You go into this thing, it's kind of, It's just called the war. Like, you go to, like, a war menu item, and then it takes you to the battlefield. And you can, kind of rewinding a bit, though, you you go to this, like, policy screen, and that's where you go to hire new characters and then choose a side, basically. And as you play through the the regular game, all these quests are kind of solicited by one of the four countries. And... Um, if you successfully do the quest, you'll gain reputation with them. So if you contract with that, if you if you get a lot of reputation with one country, you can contract contract with them, and they'll give you like a better deal. Mm-hmm. So I never stuck with one long enough to really get high up. So I guess that's what I should do because I, I wanted to play all four of them and then see what it's like, and then pick pick one of them i the the problem is i like three of them (laughs) so it's really tough to choose because they have like uh one of the countries is like kind of like like an old like knight like knights and kings and stuff and they're like aren't they're all have the full armor and stuff and then one country is like the magician people one country is kind of like the nature type people like witches and stuff and they're like all about the woods and they're not really elves, but they're kind of like those wood folk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the last one's kind of like these war, like almost like Klingon type people, but they're they're all human. But they're all like like a warring country or whatever. I guess barbarians or something like that, mm. or like samurai or whatever. 
so I like I like the knight people, I like the samurai people, and I like the the magic people. <laughs> <laughs> so I can never choose like which one I really want to stick with. So basically, you can choose whichever one you want, and then you'll you'll sign up for how the duration of your contract, how long it is. So you'll have like one war to like five wars, and like I could not. Fi- I mentioned this in the review. I could not figure out how long a war is. Yeah, because I. I thought it was the same thing during the beta. I was like, is it like 40 minutes or something? Or is it like a day? Like, I couldn't quite tell. It seemed like it was like an hour. But I wasn't sure if it was real time or not. <laughs> they have the countdown, and then you log in, and then you'll hear this. It'll show the map, and it'll go boom, and they have like the big red letters, end of war. Well, that's not the end of the war, because then I'm, I've, I only signed up for one war, and then my contract's still going. I could not figure out, yeah. like, when is the real end of war? Uh, so it just seems to happen sporadically. It's very odd. Uh, so anyways, uh, so I, I only kind of signed up for one or two wars with them. So basically, once you contract with one of them, you go into the, the war screen, and you can dispatch them right there. And that what that does is like, well, let me tell you the other option first. So the other option is to kind of put your characters out there, and they're kind of their their data is kind of transmitted over to the internet, and they're they're unavailable, and they're just kind of fighting on their own. So that so you can set them, you can set them, and then log off, and then they'll fight while you're gone. So when you when you dispatch them right away, though. Like you, if you want to join the war, you're basically fighting other people's characters. That they're all offline, so that's that's where the asynchronous comes in. So the actual war part is like it's kind of similar. Well, it is the exact same maps I think as the as the other game because there's like section of the continent that you're fighting over. It'll kind of tell you like who's winning at the time. It'll have like a little bar, and it'll show like if you're attacking or defending, and what your status is, and um, you can um, pick. You usually just say like it'll say like, "Well, this is where the war front is," and then you pretty much just go there. And sometimes you can pick out of one or two of them, but not very often. You join the war, and then you're placed on the battlefield, and then right away there's there's like the whole uh, board is just full of. Uh, just different fortresses and stuff, but like every every other tile or every other space has a fortress on it. And um, then you'll see like other characters moving around the the board as well. So if you if you run into an enemy, you'll have to fight them right there. And then otherwise, um, you'll get on these fortress things, and then you'll go into like a battle. And it's usually like. I think I think you can even go on your own and defend it sometimes, but you'll get into these fortress things, and it's, it's usually three battles, like three subsequent battles, um, and then it'll like so you'll fight a battle against one person's mercenary squad. You can hire additional uh, two. It actually lets you have six people instead of four, mm-hmm. so you can hire two additional people, and you get it's for a price. So you're hiring someone's uh, team members. So that's that's how you really make a lot of money in the game is you set them to a way and then when when you're gone people will hire your squad out and give you money. Hopefully. So like yeah. <laughs> Cuz like I logged in the PS Vita one I like just like the second day I played it. I you know I played till like 
I think I had it on a Friday, and I, I played to like three in the morning, and I put it on, you know, sent my my people out, and then I logged off, and then I came back the next day, and it had like eleven thousand gold, and I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> wow, because gold is hard to get in that game; you don't get a whole lot. So I think I'm like I've got twenty or thirty thousand gold on my on my Vita game. It doesn't have doesn't have cross save. Oh no, that that's another that's one of the biggest missed opportunities of this game is not is it's not cross save. And there's no way to transfer your data to the other game. Uh-huh. So I was it's really it's really sucky because, you know, I got both copies and I I got pretty invested on the PS Vita one and then I got the PS4 copy like much later and then I had to pretty much start all over again. And so I would say, I, I mentioned this in the review. So if you have any intention at all of playing this on the go, uh, and you have a PS TV, like you can play it at home on the big screen and it's PS TV compatible. So I'd just go for the PS Vita version. Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't really see too big of a change in, or the too big of a difference in graphics actually. Mm. Uh, and I took the the bad part is is that I took screenshots of both, and when you compare the screenshots, the Vita one looks better. Huh. But then if you look at the actual screen, it's fine. So it's something. There's some issue with the share thing. Oh. It's not. It doesn't look what the screen looks like. Interesting. Yeah, because I. I what I did is I um, I noticed that the the screen capture for the uh, Vita version was really crisp and clear, and in the the PS4 version was fuzzy, like they had like a like a Vaseline lens or something. It was all like real cloudy too, very bizarre. But then when I so I went into a battle, I I fired both of them up, and I had my receiver, so I have like. I can just hit a button and it'll flip back and forth. And I checked, and it's like they both look identical on the screen, pretty much. But somehow the share the the photos don't look good when you share it. So oh, interesting. Yeah, but the the Vita one looks fine. Um, I didn't notice any like I didn't notice that the PS4 version ran any better. I mean, I didn't notice the the load times were just the same, pretty much. So there's. There's nothing wrong with getting the Vita one, and you can um, you can use the DualShock Four with your PS TV. So the only difference is on the PS Four one, it's kind of nice. Um, the touchpad, you can use the touchpad to pan around the screen to look at where the enemies are, which that's kind of nice. And on the PS Vita one, you gotta you gotta do that like click uh, R three or whatever, and then use the touchpad. It's not as good. So and it's kind of reversed too. Huh. So it's like when you're actually playing on the Vita, you're you're doing like drag and drop. So when you're holding down and moving your hand left, the screen's going right because it's like you're grabbing it and, and pulling it. Mm-hmm. So it, when when it does that on the PS Vita. It's kind of counter or the PS TV. It's kind of counterintuitive because, like on the PS4, if you put your finger on the pad and and move it right, the camera goes right. It follows your finger. Hmm. So that was that was like a little thing you had to worry about. Oh, and then also like uh, the the DualShock Four has that share button on the PS4. Well, if you use the the DualShock on the PS Vita and you press the share button, that's like the select button. So. 
I kept on hitting that share button on the, when I was playing the PS4 to reset my, my character. <laughs> I guess I should... So, I should clarify. So, like, when you're in the battle, you can move your character, and if you don't take any action, you can hit the select button, and then it'll reset the character where they were. You can kind of undo your move. Um, if you if you actually do an attack, or if you hit, like, a, a hazard, then you're stuck. You can't... You can't undo at that point. Yeah. But, so I was always, like, doing that. You know, I was always, like, seeing how far I could get. And am I am I within reach? Oh, no, okay, reset, and I'll try something else. So, like, when I was playing the PS4, I'm constantly hitting that share button, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> try to memorize or <laughs> train myself not to do that. So, um, okay, and then back to the war stuff. So, uh... You basically fight the wars, and then, like, after the battle's over, you get, like, a reward. And, like, once the once the full, um, well, yeah, so during the war, if you're contracted to a certain country, you can go to their plaza, like, you can visit their kingdom and stuff. And, like, you can go to the town square, and then, like, people will talk to you and stuff. So sometimes they'll give you, like, they'll give you stuff, or they'll they'll want to trade you for materials um or they'll like say oh please join our forces or whatever they'll try to convince you to join their squad their team and then there's like a blacksmith and then um there's like a special shop that's only available if you're contracted with them so what what will happen is you can donate resources to the to the kingdom you're supporting at the time and they'll use those resources to do research. And so you can, like, research better weapons or research these, like, proxylenes or something like that. And it's like these little, um, what's what's that stuff that you put in your sword and stuff in Final Fantasy VII, those... Materia? Yeah, Materia. Yeah, it's, it's almost like Materia, basically. So, like, certain weapons, they have more slots and you can, like, have skill buffs and stuff in there. So, like... You can you can have the country develop those things, and then you'll you'll have like higher powered ones in that shop. So that's one of the advantages to donating resources to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can also vote like as your squad gets better ratings, you can like have more say in where you're going to attack next. So I don't know what the end game is for that. I guess like if one of the world or one of the kingdoms captures everything, I don't know what happens. So it'll be interesting to find out because I don't know what they would do. I wonder if everyone gets some big payoff or something, or if they win and then it starts over. I don't know. Hmm. And then you can also donate resources to um, uh, like research on better armaments during the war. So like you can. There'll be, like, these giant beasts that you can, uh, they're, like, I can't remember what they're called, protector beasts or something, but, um, you can have these beasts or whatever, uh, they'll join the battle at some point, and they're, like, really tough, and you fight a couple of those in the quests, so, um, each kingdom has their own special beast, like, one's got, like, a, is it Cerberus, or whatever, the three-headed dog or whatever, like dragon dog thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so like one's got that, one's got like a dragon, one's got like this unicorn thing, and one's got like a griffin. So that's their big beast things. 
So you can invest in those. You can invest in like health regeneration while you're fighting. Um, and then while you're fighting, you can call for help. Like you can choose like what's the next thing that happens or whatever. So I did that a couple times uh, to like call in some support or whatever while I'm fighting my battle. So that's pretty much it. Like he had the dispatch stuff and um, that's pretty much all there is to the game. I mean, but it's it's really addictive and the characters are fun and the, the um, you know, it's always like, uh, oh yeah, it's like after you do each quest, you can go to the higher member screen and that's where you hire, like it'll have like six six or seven different members, potential team members that you can hire. And uh, they're all randomized. Like So after each quest, you go back to that hire screen and then you can get a new pool of people to choose from. So they each have like this little chart uh, that shows like what their strengths and weaknesses are. And what's that, I don't know the name of that chart, where it's kind of like a, not like a spider web, I guess it is maybe like a spider web, where like, uh, they go, the points go from the, from the center to the outer part, and it's just kind of a, you know, you'll have... Yeah, I know what you're talking about, I just don't know what it's called. Yeah, there's like a name for it, but you'll have one of those, and it'll show like, okay, strength is like class B, and then they'll have a big spike there. And then, like, most most of the time, the skills are at class F, and it's just, like, really small. And what those do are they, they kind of determine how easy, how easily you can upgrade that those uh, attributes. So you'll have, like, a strength. I think it's conviction or something, agility, magic. And there's, like, SPI and STM. I don't know what those stand for, but it's, like, that's, like, your... your uh, Defense, defense to magic attacks and defense to to um, melee attacks. So you can buff them up like that. Um, and then there's like technique and vitality, and that like technique determines like how fast you gain experience and stuff. So each one of those letter letters that are grades for those things, um, those attributes, they all have like so F is the worst. So F has like eight stars next to it, so it'll take eight points to fill that up and upgrade it to the next tier. And then like once you once you spend eight points on that, it'll give you like one bonus point. But like if you have like a C level skill or a B level skill, it's like maybe five stars. And then every time you level up, you'll get four points. So you know you want the higher rating so that that way it's, you can really level up fast. So I always look for like if it's if you're getting a magic character, I always try to get like a C or better for the for the uh, magic uh, attribute for that player. And then if it's like a fighter, I try to get like a better strength at- attribute. But you never know what you never know which one you're gonna get or what they're gonna what attributes they're gonna have. So sometimes I just pass on them and then I'll play a quest and then go back and try to get better people. Mm-hmm. And um, so you, you can have up to six troops, so it's four four persons to a group, so that's like 24 uh, people, but you can have up to 50 people. So you can kind of have 50 people and then switch them around and stuff. 
and um, they don't really die. Like if you lose a battle, you don't you don't lose them forever like some other games. So basically, if they get killed in battle, they just come back with one HP. Um, and, and like you can get rid of them if you want. Like if if you find a better one, and you want to dismiss one, you can just dismiss them from that screen or from a different screen within that menu that menu system for the policy. So. And I think that's about it. Um, I, I've i played... I can't remember how long i played. I think I had like 15 or 20 hours or so in the Vita one and maybe like 10 or so in the PS4. Um, and it's just, it's just a fun game. I gave it a 9. Oh, nice. I would have given it a higher if it would have had some kind of cross-save. And there were some other little things I didn't like, but... So I kind of kicked it down to a nine, but that's still that's still fantastic. So yeah, it's it's it was a lot of fun. Like just the more I played at this, the more I liked it, and just really got into it. And I'm happy I got the uh, the collector's edition. Because did you look at the art book at all, or did you open it up? I flipped through it a little bit, but sometimes I'm afraid of looking at the art book before I play the game because it might have like spoilers. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's right. But I did notice that the art book again—it's almost like the one that I, that I mentioned about uh, Stranger's Sword City. They have like a whole background on the kingdoms and stuff, so it's actually useful. You know, I might actually read it. And it's got like those those like gold foil on the outsides of the pages. I can't—I don't know what that's called, where they paint it with the gold yeah. foil or whatever, and it's like. I got the hardbound one. I think there were some other ones that just had the softbound one, and it's a pretty high quality art book. Yeah, so it is. I'm, I'm, and it's got like fifteen. Uh, it's got a soundtrack of fifteen tracks. No, oh, that was another thing about the audio. I mean, they don't have a lot of variations of uh, music. Like Stranger of Sword City had a huge soundtrack, but this one has just got. Pretty much, I guess that's every song in the game. I don't think I heard anything in the game that's missing from that disc. I, I kind of listened to a little bit of each one. So yeah, I and I didn't I didn't look at the poster, but I just I really love how when you're walking around the map, your characters it shows like t- two dimensional versions of your party in the and like the bottom of the screen, and they're walking along this like um, exaggerated earth or whatever. It's smaller, so it's like rounded and they're walking around and you know if you come up on a treasure chest on the map it shows a treasure chest right in right in front of them and stuff <laughs> so i thought that's really cool i, I just little details like that this the game's just great so i i recommend it cool so that's my review all right well i guess uh it's my turn for the uh anime of the month and uh i picked an oldie but a goodie, uh, fully coolie. So, um, yeah, I, I, have have you have you seen the show or not? I I've not seen it. I've seen it um, as browsing through the anime stuff, like on Funimation, I think, or maybe even Netflix at the time. There was always it's always there, and I think I tagged it, but I never did get around to watching it. Yeah, because I know it's kind of funny because of like. The, the way they normally spell it is just F-L-C-L, mm-hmm. but uh, it's pronounced fully coolly. And I, I always confused me for the longest time, but uh, 
Um, it's a it's a comedy show, and uh, it's actually been on Toonami a whole bunch. They mm. show it pretty often, like late at night, because it's it's um, very popular and very good. Mm. Uh, it's only six episodes, and uh, it's one of those shows that it's kind of hard for me to explain the plot of it, just because it's kind of so out there and wacky. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like the main character finds this guy with a TV on his head, like a robot with a TV on his head, and then. For a few episodes, he's like you know fighting off things that are threatening his city, but mm-hmm. it's like really over the top uh, comedy. There's a lot of um, sight gags in it, a lot of um, audio gags in it. It's um, like really, really wild and crazy. Hmm. And then there's kind of the side to it where there's a lot of people who also like sit there and theorize like what exactly everything means, kind of thing. Um, so I've read like full you know 15 pages some guy wrote on a website about his theory on like what everything means and you know, this and that. And the other thing. It's kind of interesting that this show that on a base level, it looks like it's just this wacky comedy show actually has, you know, this, this story underneath that may or may not be like an allegory for the kids. Cause it's kind of like the, the um, main character coming of age story and you know, this and that, like paralleling his things he's learning during the show, but it's kind of all hidden beneath <laughs> Um, a lot of uh, silliness. So, um, it, it turns out this it's on Amazon Prime. I don't think it's I don't think it's on Prime Video, but it says you can watch um, watch the episode one with ads, and I guess you got to purchase the rest. Well, I was looking at can I stream it, and it says that it's on Hulu Plus, but then it doesn't say anything about it. It says you can buy it on like iTunes, a few other places. Who publishes this one? So uh, I. Th- think Funimation has it now. Um, it was one of those shows that, because it was so popular, even though it was only like six episodes, it used to cost a whole shitload. Like, I think when I was first looking at buying it, they were charging 30 bucks a disc, <laughs> but the discs each only had two episodes. Hmm. Um, and then finally, a few years back, they put out all nine episodes for like 30 bucks, and that was like, our, or all six episodes, sorry. And so I ended up buying that one. So I do have the Blu-ray somewhere. Um but like I said, it's it. I feel like once a month, maybe even they show it on uh, Toonami hmm. late at night, just because it's, it's you know six episodes, so they show like one episode a night and get it done in a in a week. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. I love the animations and style in it. It was uh, animated by Gainax, who are you know popular for for doing Evangelion, a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of other stuff, and um, there's a lot of like nods to other anime and stuff in the show as well. Um, there's a part in the, uh, I think it's in the finale that they basically just like copied from one of their earlier anime, like frame by frame, um, from a, a thing they did called a uh, Taco no video. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of funny. They're, you know, doing references like that. There's a section in the first episode where they draw everything like a manga. Hmm. And then like right near the end of the thing, they're like, wait a minute. Like, why are we in manga? This like, doesn't make any sense. And it's really hard for the animators to do. Let's just stop. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it, they do a lot of like fourth wall breaking and yeah, it's really crazy and out there and I just love the show. Yeah. So it's on Funimation streaming. I don't know if, if you have Funimation, I guess, um, like you said, Hulu plus. Yeah. And, um, you can watch the first episode on Amazon. So there's six of them. So I guess if you watch that and you like what you see, you can always, you know, find it somewhere and watch it. Yeah. 
So I added, I added it to my queue, so maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's Like I said, it's only six episodes, so it's pretty easy, pretty quick to get through. And yeah, definitely one of my favorite. Oh, they even do a... They even do a parody of uh, the South Park style of animation in it. Yeah, I actually saw. I was just when I was looking through the uh, episode, they'll have they had like little uh, thumbnails or something, and one looks similar to that. Yeah, that's how. That's I saw that too. That was what reminded me of it. So, yeah, it's it's a really cool show. And um, so, is it something that people that um, are because I knew a lot of our listeners. Apparently, they uh, they're not really into anime, but they're they want they're more interested in it. So, would they like this, or would it be someone who's already into anime that would like this more? Uh, I could see either way. Um, I could see more being entry level, just in the fact that like it's you know doesn't rely on a lot of the tropes, mm-hmm. um, but it does kind of make fun of some of the tropes. So, I think there's there's maybe some more. You know, someone who likes anime would get out of it, and the kind of like wackiness of it. I don't know if that's necessarily as appealing to people who don't watch anime, but I don't know. I guess it it comes down to the person to the person. Yeah, it just sounds like a, a nice, like lighthearted, funny anime. So, might be worth worth seeing if yeah. you're not if you don't really want to get into some heavy topics like you know that ghost town or something. Yeah. So. I'll definitely check it out. I'll at least watch one of the one episode of it. <laughs> so yeah, so. it's pretty pretty uh, pretty well known too. So it's not uncommon to see people, you know, referencing the the show. Um, how now? How old is it? It's it's like uh, like a. Decade, I want to say, or? I want to say in Japan it aired like right in two thousand, hmm. but I could be wrong because I, I, it was definitely like early two thousands. Around then, mm-hmm. the thing I'm looking at says it's 2003, but that could be um, like just the English version. Right. I don't know how long it took to come over. Is it, Initial release December 20th, 2001. So are the characters the same every time, or is it just like different people and stuff? Or maybe you mentioned. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same characters. Okay. Um, I don't think they even. I guess they introduced a few characters in the last couple episodes, mm. but. For the most part, it's the same kind of cast throughout. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much a episode three in the bag. So. Yep. It's only going to end up being what three and a half hours. <laughs> uh, I think we're yeah three and a half. So. I guess people, we went on we went a couple tangents, but didn't go too crazy. Yeah. So you want to close this out with the. Email and how to contact us and everything. Or? Sure. Yeah, we're supposed to have an email uh, sidequest at psnation.com, but uh, I tested it the other day and it didn't seem to actually be working. So, in the meantime, uh, you can also like cc andy at psnation.com, and I will get on Glenn about fixing our email. Yeah, probably the best. Then, uh, the best way probably is to do the forums too. Yeah, as you're gonna say, we're, we'll also probably have a, a thread in the forums. Um, so welcome to drop in there and leave a comment or um, I know we've had a few comments on the like post itself on the website. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Googling it reminded me they, they just announced that they're bringing back fully Cooley for two more seasons, which was part of the reason why I picked it. But um, I'm less convinced about this because I don't think Gynax is animating the sequel mm. and it's being funded by a Western company, which 
I guess it's worked out a couple of times, but it's also not worked out a couple of times. So, yeah. Did you mention, uh, sorry if you mentioned this, but w- was it a manga before? I, there is a manga of it. I don't think the manga came out first. I think the anime came out first and then like they did a manga around the same time. The manga is pretty short. It's only two volumes and it's, it's even weirder than the show, which is kind of hard to do because the show is pretty weird. Um, I I just remember the like the last panel of the manga is just like a bunch of cats, like slowly. There's a bunch of cats taking over the page, and then the last panel is just like cats. <laughs> I was like, what? What what's even going on? Um, yeah, there's just something about cats. Like the Tales series has always that. You know, they'll have like you'll go in some room somewhere, and there'll be like an old guy with like cats everywhere. So <laughs> that's like an anime thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess we're we can end the show for reals this time. All right. Everyone, check out the anime of the month, FLCL, and um, I guess get out there and play some games. And I guess player two signing off. Party members signing off. I don't know. <laughs> All right. See you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>